Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Yo. It's Grapsody with Will, Phil, and Reg Trying to keep it real instead of what you usually get from these talking heads It's Grapsody, we're here to fill the void Three black fans, different perspective, got to fill your voice Coming with the podcast, talking majors, indies in between Yeah, it's all that, and we're down with Fightful, better fall back Coming for respect, we connect like a ball bat No need to double check, these are all facts You're listening to us talk raps you're listening to us talk craps. Will Phil and Reg. Yeah, we're craps a D here to talk craps. Yeah, we're craps a D here to talk craps. Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome to another edition of Grapsody. This may look a little bit different. <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and we're uh, obviously running a little bit late. It's a two-man show at the moment. I know that I was just thinking through the theme song, uh, three black fans, different perspective. I'm like, nah, it's two. Um, <laughs> you know, just two of us. <laughs> <laughs> Not Will, Phil, and Ranch today. Just Will and Ranch today. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully we get Phil here shortly. But in the meantime, yeah. what's up, Reg? Happy 2020. Hey, what's going on? Yeah, happy 2023. We're out here. It's Saturday morning. Uh, I don't know. I feel like life is crazy. Uh, it's been a insane already five, six, seven days of uh, 2023. So, you know, you know. You, oh, yeah, <laughs> I do I know. know man. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Look at the Look at the topics of this episode right now. If you had shown me all three of I don't these know, topics... I'm... 
one year ago, if you had shown me these topics, I would have been like, well, first off, I would have questioned, what do you mean Vince McMahon is back? Where'd he go? Uh, but mm-hmm. more than that, n- none of this would make any sense. Who the hell is Mercedes Monet? No, nah, it is. It wouldn't have made any sense. But anyway, folks, welcome to Grapsity. Hey, and the good news is this little two-man graphic I had to whip up in, in five minutes, unnecessary because, <laughs> folks, <laughs> we actually, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Here, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring up, uh, let's see how we could do this. All right. We can, eh, you're just going to watch me uh, try to do the nonsense. I was like, should I like take us off screen, do some shit? Nah. Uh, we are just going to be like, bam, that don't make any sense right now. And then bam, and then bam, and then bam. Transitions, there baby, transitions. That's, just like that's that how we beautiful, do it. Just like that beautiful finish I just watched. Transitions are on point with Will Washington, just like Jake Carter. <laughs> yeah. What's up, Phil? Uh, <laughs> uh, great morning of, of getting up and nothing wanted to work. That was great. Ah, perfect. Uh, yeah, I mean, nothing wanted to work. I got up and I rolled over and I was like, huh, what time is it? Went to touch my phone, wasn't on. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh <great."> yeah. <laughs> um, and so I plugged it to the wall, and then I plugged up the computer and everything, and then it everything took forever to come on, and it's just like, okay, great. Um, <laughs> well, here we have Phil, who clearly just woke up, but welcome, Phil. Um, yeah, very annoying start to my day. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> well, the good news is the show's only three minutes and thirty seconds in, so. Uh, let's let let let's just get into it, folks. This is Grapsity. <laughs> In case people were wondering what what the delay was, up, we were, yeah, we was we we were really just waiting on Phil. Uh, but I'm glad you're okay. Like honestly, like nothing sends more panic up my spine than like calling somebody, phone goes straight to voicemail, and mm-hmm. like, oh shit, what's happening here? The good news is Phil's here. Yes. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It's annoying. Uh, that's what it is. I mean, look, I'm going to be honest with everybody. My schedule is completely fucking off. Staying up for Wrestle Kingdom, I forget what that does to me every year, right? Where, like, I do one morning staying up till 5.30. And I told myself, I was like, look, I'm going to stay up for this mercedes Monet segment, and then I will watch the rest later and then i'm like but i kind of want to see this match too and i'm like but i want to see this match and then ah fuck it it's so cotted i can't like i got one match left i might as well watch the whole thing and then i look up and it's 5 30 and i'm like okay so i'm fucked and the rest (laughs) of my week is screwed (laughs) and my whole sleep schedule is off for days phil did new year's dash the next day too yeah uh, it was good New Year's Dash. I feel like it was the best New Year Dash since I uh, want to say 2018. Oh, high praise! Yeah, uh, yeah. I yeah. Uh, I stayed Gee, up pretty late. Who for was it. there? I, I, I'll ask this question. I guess 2018 mm. would have been the last year with Kenny, though. So, like, is is that the difference maker there? Uh, 2018 was the was the year. Uh, Jericho came out and Nilo did that great fake out with the chair and acted like he was mm-hmm. going to throw it and, and sat down in it. Um, I, I feel like 
2018 was the last time that they had like real developments that felt exciting on New Year Dash. It wasn't just like, you know, kind of paint by numbers. Um, this year, I, I really like the format of it, of them not giving us the card until the day of. And so we didn't know any of the matchups until people were coming out. And of course, we got the surprise of Kenny coming out at the last minute to team up with Okada. That sounds awesome, wonder, actually. No, that wonder, sounds dope. Wonder why he did that. <laughs> I know, right? Look, th there are exciting developments right now. I feel like Kenny just being back in the mix creates so many opportunities, possibilities, like so many things that are just... Like the last four years, there's been this kind of feeling of, damn, Kenny's out of New Japan. It's a shame we don't get to see X. Uh, it's a shame we don't get to see Y. And it's like all of a sudden now having him back there and he you can just see it in his demeanor this feeling of nah i i am kenny omega still and uh and all of a sudden all of the possibilities of things we can see it's it's an exciting time for real but want to let everybody know this is grapsity welcome to 2023 welcome to the first grapsity of 2023 and uh everybody want you all to know that you can send us super chats people have been sending us super chats pretty much all morning uh and i appreciate you guys waiting patiently for us to get started um i know the the big question pretty much all night uh, my mentions if i muted the word percentage my my mentions would oh die because uh it, it, it's that's your life now it is. Uh, I mean, and the cool thing is today is kind of the percentage finale, isn't it? Um, in that, look, it's either going to happen or it doesn't. Um, and so we'll talk about that here shortly. But in the meantime, um, we, we've got a lot to get through. Uh, I want to first get some Humper Chats out of the way. Shot Kid said, Grapsity, first off, What's your guys' over-under on how long it takes for Vince to be back in creative? Uh, and What's it says... It... <laughs> um, I, I am going to go ahead and say that I don't think he ever truly left creative. I think that he has been <laughs> sending emails and, and sending things that we don't know about all this time. I don't think that he has ever stopped working. Right. That, that's... <laughs> That that makes a lot of sense, but also that's a heavy one. Um, so, <laughs> but I believe, and I've watched the show, so I like I could see it with my own eyes. <laughs> he also says, and in regards to Mercedes, I had this thought: Who said if she's de debuting for AEW, it has to be SRA as partner and not as part of a post match? Um, I mean. I I have at least any details. I promised. I said I would do some digging. Um, and I said I was going to get it, uh, say what I had found out before Day After Dynamite this week, and I wasn't able to really do that. And I say that because uh, I didn't really get any responses till after Day After Dynamite. So I suppose I can drop some of the responses I've got and talk about where my feeling is in regard to all of that. Um, but... The, let's see, Rerun says, for Grapsity, who is the first wrestler you'll use in Fight Forever? Mine's Ray Phoenix. If they get Phoenix right, the rest should be amazing. Um, I mean, I guess it's a cliche answer, but 
I feel like Kenny Omega is like a video game dream. Like his offense is built for a video game. He definitely wrestles like somebody who, like I, I know a lot of people criticize him for that. They're like, ah, he wrestles like a creator wrestler where you just assigned him everything that's awesome in pro people wrestling. People actually say that? Oh, yeah. His uh, his biggest critics say that. Um, and they, but the thing is, Duh, that's fucking Kenny Omega. This is a guy who, like, is known for playing video games. And, of course, his offense is built like a video game character. That is Kenny Omega. He himself is built like a video game character. He himself came out as Sephiroth this past Wednesday at uh, at um, Wrestle Kingdom. And, like... Nah, he's he's the first. He's like I have wanted to like obviously I like Fire Pro a lot, but I've really wanted Kenny Omega in like a full on 3D wrestling game for a long time. And to have it would just be that that would be my first. He's my go-to. He's the he's like front and center on the cover now. I know it was punk, but like now like front and center on the cover is Kenny Omega. Like that's it's his game. Like that's the other thing too is this is when I look at the game, it's Kenny Omega's game. What about you guys? Uh, I am going to try Dante just because I want to see how close his offense is. Mm. Is, is game, he right? in it, though? You tell me. I uh, don't know. Hopefully. <laughs> so I know that because uh, I know because it, it, it was kind of a limited roster. And I know that thinking about when the cutoff was, I, I would hope he made it. But I don't know if he would have. Uh, like if FTR didn't make it, I don't know if top flight did so that's my only concern there but i know that as far as like the top guys in the company i know that they all made it but yeah uh, kenny's for me but definitely Reg. if the big homie is in the game that's that's definitely going to be my first first person to use because first of all that's insane that my friend will be in a fucking video game so like i have to i don't know i, I mean we haven't seen any of the roster so we don't really know exactly like Will was saying, like we don't know if Top Flight's in there. We don't really know anything about the roster. So I'm hoping that he's been scanned and I'll be able to pick him first. 100%. Powerhouse Speaking Alex. of which, you didn't see uh, Rampage last night. So um, you did see the Jade finish. We just talked about that before the show. Um, and that was just... I, I, yes. I, I can't say enough great things. I mean, the match was great. Like, Sky Blue, I think, gave Jade her best performance easily. And uh, you know who I feel bad for, by the way? It was just an ill-timed tweet. But uh, Cora Jade got it bad last night. And what she said. part of it... So, she... <laughs> Cora Jade tweeted, and she says it had nothing to do with the Sky Blue match. She said she wasn't watching, um, yeah, but okay. but uh, well, she said it had it was more related to the house show she had just worked, and she was working at NXT house show. Uh, but anyway, she posted a gif. It was from Grey's Anatomy, um, and it just said, "You want to be me, but you can't be me," and it just happened to fall right after the Jade Cargill and sky blue match and so my god cora jade's mentions got lit up the quote tweets on that are all like well sky blue is better than you anyway well you stole her look um and all this other stuff and she tweeted the next morning she's like 
you guys are all idiots. And she's like, I promise I was too busy beating the flavor out of Sol Ruka last night to pay attention to anything else. Um, NXT Venice last night, NXT Largo tonight. And uh, I mean, that is a fact. There was an NXT house show last night. I don't necessarily see her watching Rampage backstage at a house show. What is they don't? What are they just two brunette girls? Like they don't? Their gimmicks not the same. Like nothing. I mean, I think people are like the, the backward hat. No, I, th- I yeah. think it's just the hat. People, people gotta chill out, man. Yeah, no, they I, were. I, I saw it while it was happening, and I was just like, "This is dumb." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like it doesn't even make sense. Like I, I wasn't sure what it was about initially. I just saw everybody tweeting about Cora Jade, and I'm like. Uh, what? So I'm like, and let me go to Cora Jade's page. And I saw what she tweeted. And my gut instinct was, I don't think she was throwing shade at Sky Blue. These two have faced each other before. Um, I don't think this was the case. Yeah. The, uh, I, I think this is just a hunch. I think there are AAW fans that are still upset with her about the Darby thing. And so they were looking at anything to be mad at her about. That's what it yes. felt like. Um, and, and I know that that was, uh, <laughs> yeah. But it, like it I so said, good. there's a lot of quote tweets uh, on that particular tweet. There's currently almost 300 quote tweets on that tweet, and they're all to the effect of, uh, uh, imagine thinking your whole gimmick is a snapback and like a lot of people coming at her for for the snapback right like uh, that that's because that's really all they the two of them have in common stylistically is that they they wear snapback um, <laughs> well, i don't know <laughs> i know it's all, it's, I, I saw some people talking about uh why don't you bring out your tarot cards because people remember the elena black character used to to come out with tarot cards and it, it she got it bad but anyway the the everything i was going with here i was actually bringing it back around to hobbs so apparently the book of hobbs is now an actual book uh which he introduced last night um and he has a physical book of hobbs now and he said that everything <laughs> that he's experienced is in this book and he's going to now make sure you experience it. And uh, every hardship he's been through, he's like, he's going to put his opponents through the book of Hobbes. I didn't know there'd be a physical book. Huh. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know how I feel about the physical book yet. Yeah, um, it's uh, really, look, it's really well bound. It has like gold letters on it. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> it look good, good on the bookshelf is what you're saying, Phil? Uh, you know, if you were looking for something to like put your notes in, like your like like sketches and like stuff in, it looks like a pretty I, cool book. I mean, I'm curious. Like, is there actual text in that, or is that just like a blank book with the cover? Because uh, obviously, the implication is that there is text. But on the other hand, I'm still like, what's in the book? I kind of want to know. Is there actual <laughs> text? text? In that book. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Hopefully by the end of Grab City, we'll find out. <laughs> That's so great. 
<laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, Lena Black gave it to him. It's a, it's a bunch of spells in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brought it right back around. I love it. Uh, yeah, we got a couple of uh, super chats or humper chats here from uh, Tony P. Tony P. asked uh, a couple of things. He says, uh, so a few things, so bear with me. The match with Sky not only showed her improvement, but showed Jade is starting to be able to lead a match. Um, on to Shida and wanting an all Joshi stable. Uh, I am not feeling for reasons. And uh, then Tony sent uh, two more chats to question? go with this one. What? What so that? hold on, there, there's more with it. Um, it says, uh, this gives me uh, the same feelings people, uh, wait, this gives me the same feelings when people wanted Melo to join Hit Row because he was black. It feels same here. Uh, Shida and Japanese roster members who don't have a Shida kind of vibe and their own person. Um, okay, I kind of get what's saying. Like, if a Japanese person is wanted, uh, get one who can vibe with her in a stable, uh, like um, Rina Yamashita, crazy ass. Uh, then maybe someone like Kayla Rossi as her heater. Speaking of Rossi, her versus Jade. Also, Sammy, uh, Sammy's jump out is happening after he beats Kevin. Um, there's a there's a lot going on. In there's that a lot chat. here. So, I, I I was very confused as the direction of the number chat. Yeah, um, so a lot of that. But but I get what's being said when people are like, "Hey, we I would love to see a faction that's between Sheeta." That I think the go to that people usually say is they want to see Sheeta, Yuka, and Riho in a faction together. And then the question becomes like, well, what ties do they have together? I would say if you're going to do that, I would rather do Sheeta, Riho, and um, Rio. And the reason I say that Rio Mizunami specifically is because that was the original trio, Team Sheeta, at the first Double or Nothing. And so there could be a story to tell there of that they came into AEW together. They were bound together initially. And that is... And now, in order to get back to prominence, they're going to work together. That's a story to tell. I can kind of see the idea that I know people are saying, well, if you're just sticking Japanese women together, that um, feels a little bit uh, not so much racist, but racial. And that's not necessarily uh, a thing that, you know, there has to be a common vibe. There has to be a, a, a common idea. Uh, I mean, it is clear that there seems to be a story being told we talked about this on Day After Dynamite, that uh, the story of the influx of AEW signees from WWE versus uh, AEW originals, that there is there seems to be a story brewing there. Like the fact that Soraya had an opportunity to pick Sheeta and pick Tony, and that annoyed Sheeta does now put Sheeta on that same side that Britt's been talking about of... You know, we've been here building this house. You know, we built this house. This is our house. We've been here brick by brick, and and you guys just think you can come in and have these opportunities. And, well, shit kind of yeah. makes sense, right? Like, Sheeta would have a reason now to feel slighted. I I love this for two reasons. It it plays into people that were like, oh, Soraya just came in. She didn't watch the show because if you were watching AEW for the last two or three years, you would know that Sheeta is one of the best women's wrestlers in the division because she holds a record. Um, but also, I love that she immediately took offense, not in a, oh, man, she picked her. Why didn't she, she like me? Like, no, I'm better than her. 
Yes. I'm sorry. I'm better than I her. Be- you know what I got from that? Uh, I got like a, why did you even call me here? Couldn't this have been an email? Like, <laughs> what right. did you need? You sat me down here to be like, hey, guess what? Not picking you. Not even going to address you by name. She just said her. Uh, but so, again, I think there is a story to tell there with um, AEW original women feeling slighted by this influx of new women coming in and thinking that the spotlight is theirs. You know, yeah. that somebody in the send in a super chat, me and Sean kind of talked about on Day After Dynamite this week, the idea of like, that's the perfect grounds for like a blood and guts match of uh, the two sides against each other. Yeah. You know, and I, right. Yeah. And I, I didn't pick a Japanese woman that she should pick. Hey, if if you are going with a Yakuza vibe and you need a shooter, Jungle Kiona is still out there. Her whole her whole gimmick for a while. Hey, just saying. She is available. Can't sign her. Uh and Kel says Breaking um, news on Grapsity, breaking news, breaking news. Get the scoopsters out. It is confirmed. There is text inside of the book of Hobbes. Right hey! John Rossap. Look at <laughs> Look at that. Breaking There's news. There's text in the books of, Book of Hobbes, baby. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I like it. Because <laughs> I, I would love it if, like, every match is based off, like, a chapter of the book of, like, something he went through and uh, and you're going to experience his hard knocks. There's something you could do with that. Right. It's actually kind of cool. Might be an actual physical book. Who knows? Who's going to buy it? <laughs> uh, Kells uh, says, quality being so high, but viewing and attendance numbers being down. Is this more WWE sucking the air out of the room, or is this just AEW's new normal? Does this give Punk or Mercedes too much leverage, or do you think the course and numbers will rise? Um yeah, so it's kind of hard, right? Because quality is really high right now. I'd say the last month of AEW TV has really been some of their best stuff. Um, attendance has been pretty okay the last month and a half. I know they went through through the fall. They had a really bad spell of like, uh, hey, this show is down versus last time. This show is down versus last time. But I think the last few shows have been pretty good. Um, well, they were in Portland last night. Portland was hot, and that was the first time in Portland. But I think they they had a pretty solid number in Portland last night. Um, night before in, or Seattle did really good numbers. Seattle was really close to the last time SmackDown was there. Uh, Denver was a thousand people more than the first time in Denver. Um, San Antonio, I think was lower. I think a lot of the repeat markets have been slightly lower. San Antonio was slightly lower. Uh, where were they the week before San Antonio? That was Dallas. Yeah. Garland. Garland was higher than the time before. So Garland was up. Um, and I'm doing this all from memory, so I apologize. And the week before that was Austin, Texas. And I think that was like, it wasn't the lowest, but it was lower than the last one. So either way, like, I'd say like November-ish, they had some like head-scratching numbers. But I would say the last month or so has been pretty good. As far as ratings are concerned, yeah, I don't know. Um, and I have actually asked around about that. Uh, there is this kind of like feeling of hope that, uh, you know, the fact that I, I, the positive spin on it, of course, is always, well, it was a top five show and in the time slot, it's 
it's not falling out of the top five. It's, you know, comparative to other shows on Wednesday nights. It's not um, losing its place, but it's not doing as well as it was a year ago. Um, and so that, I don't know what the fix is for that. Um, but like I said, that's usually the pushback I get is that quality is really high. Feedback's really high on it. I have an uh, idea what the, uh, what the, what could help this. His name is Phil. He lives in Chicago and he's not on this <laughs> podcast. Well, and that, that's what he was saying is that, does that give punk almost too much leverage now? Cause punk can't come in and go, Hey, you know, when ratings were way higher. I felt like that was what he was trying to do with them IG tweets. I'm like, right. yeah. Y'all were kind of cooking when I was there. I don't know what y'all doing yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and like the question was saying, like quality-wise, like the show I think has had uh, probably one of its best stretches. Like I feel like the last month of shows has been the best stretch since really like early 2020. I feel like just to, to have a great stretch of shows like this where I walk away from the show going, you know, I always feel like, I want two things out of any wrestling show. I want to enjoy the show and I want that feeling of can't wait to see what happens next week. And I feel like for the most part, even through the fall, I was feeling like, okay, I've enjoyed the show, but there's nothing making me want to see next week's show. And that was an issue I was having. I feel like lately now I'm coming out of each show again going, all right, next week sounds dope too. Let's do it. And... I feel like that's the thing that they they need to keep up and get up there. I, I've been paying a lot of attention to the the quarters and things along those lines. So um, either way, I want to keep reading some super chats because we got a lot of these. Uh, Brent sends a super chat in. He says, uh, weeks like this are just, yeah. Throw up the Grab City symbol. Let's go. Appreciate the hell out of you, gentlemen. Uh, Caden says, officially in my 20s. Happy birthday, Caden. I'm glad you are on the other side of adulthood now um not quite the other side because there's a much bigger other side which is like 20s is great i enjoyed my 20s but 30s has been like up there 30s is is better yeah like i don't have that now granted i've been a parent most of my (laughs) uh most of my adult life because i had my first kid at 23 and so uh I recognize that a lot of it was like learning on the job of like being an adult, but then also trying to take in being a parent. Speaking of which, as I've mentioned, single parenting this weekend because my wife's been gone for a few days and she won't be back till like Tuesday ish. And so I've got a lot going on like right before this show. Which was surprising that I thought I was going to be the late one because I'm like, all right, I got to feed the kids. I got to get this ready. I got to get them dressed. I got to do all this because Billy's got a play date coming up at 2.30, like right after the show. So then like, as soon as we're done, I got to go uh, take him to that. And, uh, and then Veda wants to go to Skate City tonight. And I feel like I got a chaperone that. So I got to go to Skate City as well. And I got to do all of this stuff. And then I also got Grap City as well. So got to make sure that they're situated. And... But then I'm like, okay, I want both of you guys to play, but you got to play quietly because I got a podcast to do right now. Uh, and I'm just bouncing all around. But I'm here, so it's exciting, right? <laughs> I like Veda was like, Veda was practicing piano like right before the show. And I'm like, honey, that's so great. I'm so proud of you. 
also I need you to stop because uh, that's gonna come out on my mic. <laughs> You're like you sound beautiful up there. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only, not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. But, like, let's... Let's let's relax for three hours. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> she's like practicing. She's like playing and singing, and I'm like, ah, that's so great. Need you to stop. Thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like it, it's 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 parenting. This is this is what we do. Uh, let's see. Ryan Ben six 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 says, dude saw folks having fun and went, give me that chain back. I'm gonna sell it to the Saudis. <laughs> As a military guy, this happens. F that dude and his uh fake i think there was more to that but that's okay uh let's um, see yeah that saudi thing we're about to talk about all of that like that's that's boy the, can the... i tell you i i after a great week of wrestling from all these companies new japan the last thing i want to talk about is vince mcmahon <laughs> <laughs> seriously <laughs> And Reds, they're asking you to raise the volume on your mic if you can. Okay. Uh, but uh, let's see. Channel BXNYC says Vince McMahon, please make WWE great again. How about you? That first off. Oh my god! Everything I, about that was. Bleh. I can't believe you spent two dollars to tell us that. Like, awful, awful. come on, man! What what is happening here? Um. We also got uh, another from. <laughs> Look, I mean, I'll say this. There are things that I do think Vince did better than Hunter. And uh, that was. <sighs> I know oh, this, is, this is a hard thing, right? 
I think Vince understood the WWE audience better than Hunter. And I think that, um, and what I mean by that, and granted, he'd been doing the shit for 50 fucking years. He should. It's his audience. It's an audience he built. Like, the fact that Hunter has had so many, like, cold debuts or cold returns lately, and uh, I, there is a piece of me that's like, Vince, of course, Vince just wouldn't use this person altogether. But I think that if Vince was going to use that person, I think that, you know, he had spent so many years kind of conditioning an audience to to accept things a certain way that when Hunter doesn't do it that way, people are like, huh? And so uh, I think Hunter has to, I think he's just got to work to recondition the audience, basically. I think that's it's just going to take time. Um but I think him kind of doing things the NXT way and it not clicking with the audience is, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to continue to work. You know, I, I last night, um, of course, we saw, oh, and I don't know if Reg saw it because Reg has been kind of offline. Last night, we got the big hit row heel turn. Um, and... I'm glad that they needed that. That was something that uh, just as a faction, as something that Hunter brought in, I didn't want to see him. Like, it, it, it was time to admit defeat. It was time to admit this shit wasn't working. But I didn't want to see anybody out of a job, right? Like, I feel like right. I would I wanted to see them kind of go back to the drawing board and figure something else out. And I think turning them heel was the right move. I think it worked. I think the crowd was booing him like they they didn't like what they saw. And I immediately felt like once you started seeing kind of all of them, especially um, BFAB, like the way they were kind of presenting the more cocky attitude, I was like, I can already see this working better. Yeah. And I mean, they they picked somebody that they've already been making into one of the better baby faces on the roster, Ricochet, mm-hmm. for them to have beef with. And I'll say even Top Dollar's reasoning for picking him of all people like you, you can't laugh, I thought was pretty sound. Yeah. Did you see how, did you hear how it went down, Reg? No, I didn't really. I, I heard that they t- turned heel, but I didn't see or hear anything yeah. about it. Yeah. Uh, Basically, Ricochet won the match with Top Dollar, and then Top Dollar extends his hand for a handshake, and then they jumped him. They jumped Ricochet, the three okay. of them, and uh, then Braun Strowman came out for the save. I hope it's not just headed toward like Braun versus Top Dollar. But oh god, <laughs> <laughs> Braun but is just gonna run through them next week. That'd be me. awful. But yeah, they turned the three oh, of them. Oh my god, terrible. And like I said, though, I like the demeanor of all three. Like the moment they turned on Ricochet and kind of stood over him and did the money, money, money thing. And uh, I was like, this just looks better. It looks less corny. I think that I think it's just going to work out better. Yeah. Um, mm. um, yeah, I hope it works. I hope it works for a uh, hit row. I'm just saying mm, because I just don't want to see Braun in a feud with them. <laughs> right. I hope that's not what it's like. Annoying. Like the next steps of them being heel is like going to Braun Strowman. That's not going to work for me, dog. Yeah. I mean, well, well Braun still has the uh, Imperium stuff going right now. So I'm assuming that's what Braun's going to be doing. Hey, well, yeah, you got 
team and team and team then, huh? Because you got Imperium, you got Hit Row, and then you've got the team of Braun and Ricochet. Um, that actually kind of works itself out too. I know some people were like, damn, like that entire story that was being told with the Viking Raiders and uh, and Hit Row and all of that and Legato Del Fantasma is just dead. And I'm like, yeah, it kind of is. Like Hit Row won yeah, that triple threat and that's the, over. Because the Viking stuff ain't good. Sorry. Well, I did, but again, neither was Hit Row. Like, Hit Row stuff was not working. And it's, like, I was happy to see them back. And like I said, I'm happy to see people with jobs again. But I was not feeling really anything they were doing on screen. And so trying again is... And then if this doesn't work, then you can kind of take a step back and go, all right, is this going to work? I don't know. Uh, so, again, that that's... Well, we will talk about Vince here shortly. Uh, but Cade here says, good morning, y'all. Feel like an entire segment got to be dedicated to how hard Josiah went in on that new AR Fox theme. Yes, that was very good. Uh, smoked I, yes, smoked it. That was, I got to, no, nah, I'm not going to say that. But uh, it was, it, it was, it's, it's a good theme. <laughs> it's a really good theme. I got to, uh, nuh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, for real. Josiah killed it. He went like this is. He's had a couple where I'm like, damn. He went like super fire. Like I hate uh, the chairman, but his theme is fire. But this theme is one of the best that Josiah has done like ever. Like he like it yeah, perfectly I mean, encapsulates what Ar Fox is. There's another one he kind of cooked, and uh, you know. Keep saying use that on TV now that, you know, Red Velvet is branching off, um, doing their own thing. Could always use that, you know? Yeah, your boy might be working on a slight remix for that to uh, hopefully get it TV ready. Um, I will say this. This isn't one of those things where I've I've been commissioned to do so. This is a uh, more an idea I had. And uh, I did tell Mikey, I did tell... um, I did tell Red Velvet, and uh, and Red did provide me with some vocals that I'm adding to it, and mm. so if it works, cool. I will present it to to Mikey Ruckus and as a um, please use this on TV kind of thing. Um, if not, then it will never hear the light of day. Uh, so, or the sound of day, I guess. You'll it'll never see the light of day. You'll never hear this song uh, if they hear it and go nah. But I have been working on a little bit of a remix of it to get it kind of more TV appropriate. Yeah, but no, the way... Yeah, oh, don't get ahead. me wrong. I enjoy chanting, stir it up, stir it up when her her theme starts. But come on, man. Yeah. I mean, hey, she really is being built up as like Jade's like rival. Like Jade hasn't really had a rival that has felt like um, Red Velvet does pretty much this entire run, you know, uh, Jade's rivalries. I, I mean, I guess I could say maybe Athena did, but for the most part, I feel like Jade is really coming, off, or Red Velvet is coming off more than anybody as, like, Jade's true rival who um, may have her... I, I can't say has her number, right? Because, like, every time it feels like Jade uh, is about to have Red get under her skin... Jade's like, nah, I got this. Like, <laughs> Red left her at ringside, uh, and Jade is just like, whatever, and just beats Kiara again. 
uh, Red interfered in last night's match, and Jade is still like, nah, I still got Sky Blue. Like, it's, I can't really say any of it's working, but it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like it. I like what they're doing a lot. I like the fact that um, Jade has been left with the only person she didn't want as a baddie, and that's Layla. And that was Kiara's idea to bring her in. So I think that she has assumed that Layla is loyal to her because why wouldn't she be? But she has plenty of reason not to be. And that's I, actually I, a good read on that story. I didn't. I forgot all about that little detail that the only baddie left is the one she didn't want. That's actually really good. Yeah, um, I yeah, I think everything they've done with like the implosion of the baddies has been pretty good. Yeah, no, I I am liking the red velvet story, and I'm liking how she's just like, nah, fuck you. Like this is, what do you think this is? And the fact is, she does know Jade best. She's been the closest to her. So, uh, but yeah. as far as the AR Fox theme is concerned, um, yeah, I think. Uh, Josiah just came out swinging on it. I think that the way it just immediately, straight out of the gate, uh, he goes hard. I, I like it a lot. It's a great theme song. Um, Van Twinblade says, maybe Phil is heading down to St. Louis for the Glory Pro Show tonight. This was with Phil not here this morning. Uh, but, nah, we got Phil here now. I Church Pastor says, Mercedes Watch predictions. We'll get there. Happy New Year. Thank you. Uh, Deontay says, I love wrestling. All, uh, I love wrestling. All love y'all. Uh, wishing well. Thank you. Uh, Brent Lockman says, New Japan's Mystery Vortex was worth the insomnia. Uh, Tim Gordon says, Happy Saturday. Went to my first live show on Wednesday and had a blast. The crowd was in utter disbelief that Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett could have possibly been AEW Tag Champions. Look, Say what you will about Jeff Jarrett. But that rematch last night, I thought was very good. I thought that the heat Jeff Jarrett got was uh, excellent. And just at every single turn where it seemed like they could possibly win, the crowd gets so mad, so upset. And yet, the acclaim still won. So like... <laughs> Uh, but I think yeah. people had these like TNA flashbacks of, nah, here it comes. Jeff Jarrett came in to book himself <laughs> as this, and and we're just waiting for it to happen. Like the second you saw him hold those tag titles, you were like, no, 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 no. <laughs> did, did you see? Uh, did you see Garrett's tweet last night where he was like, I don't know, man. They spent all that time giving us ROH nostalgia, and people weren't into it. Seems like people are into this TNA nostalgia <laughs> right now. <laughs> I thought that I was a great tweet. Hilarious. He's not wrong though, but like I know that's, <laughs> that's you know Garrett is Mr. TNA, but mm-hmm. I thought that was like he's right. Like all of the the TNA stuff, the pop that uh, Max Caster got, because again, I I wasn't sure how much they lean more into the Kurt Angle stuff, but when Max Caster locked that ankle lock on Jeff Jarrett. Um, and then it went he grapevine so like he pretended to pull down the straps because he didn't have straps and he like pulls them down and then um grabs the ankle lock on jeff jarrett and then grapevines it and jeff jarrett selling it like a million bucks and i just thought 
damn, they're really having fun with everything that came out of that rap last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, this feud was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Um, and it was really way more entertaining than it had any right to be. I mean, even that first segment, I was like, no, this is really funny. Um, <laughs> and so there were a lot of things last night, like uh, just that small moment of him holding up the guitar and then we got like the boom box versus the guitar thing. I was like, it's a little meta for me, but I'll take it. Um, <laughs> um, I thought it was great. I, and I definitely bit on Wednesday night. I was like, no, they can't do this. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah. And just giving Aubrey the moment two nights in a row. I thought that was great. Yeah. yeah Je- Jeff Jarrett's an interesting case because you don't want, you don't want, this nobody wants this when jeff jarrett first appeared everybody was like no absolutely not but the dude really gets heat and people like want like he gets old school heat it sucks it's like you don't want you want him to leave but then you're like damn i really want to boo this guy listen and when he brings that damn guitar out i hate it so much it's crazy jared jared is really funny too man when he uh last night when he he cleared the ring and he started that strut and i was just like jay you're black. You're supposed to have more rhythm than him. What are you doing? And, and, and Jared, Jared. Oh, Billy hates the strut so much, by the way. Like, like this is really Billy's first exposure to Jeff Jarrett, right? Um, it's so actually, obnoxious. Yeah. It's, it's so obnoxious. And, and Billy asked me yesterday, he's like, why does Jeff Jarrett do that stupid strut that nobody cares about? And those are his exact words. Yeah, no, Billy, there were years of him doing this. There's, yeah, yeah. I, I think the funniest uh, strut I've ever seen someone do is when um, Austin came down and stunned him and did. <laughs> yeah. Strut. It's still funny as hell every time I see it. Well, so it was funny yesterday, uh, Billy and I, um, he had asked me about who The Rock's greatest rival is. And uh, I went, oh, it's Triple H, easy. And he goes, really? And I went, um... I said, yeah, there's no question to me that that's Rock's biggest rival. And so uh, he's like, how many times did they face each other? And I was like, you're capping, you're capping, you're capping. I mean, I, I think like, it's Austin. It's but... Austin. <laughs> uh, see, I think, that, I think Austin's the yeah, biggest Austin. in the sense that they had those, you know, they had the WrestleMania matches. But when you think about, like, at every stage of Rock's career, and the, so that I, where I was going with this is Billy and I went on a journey, and he and I spent – I want to say hour and a half, and we just watched Rock and Triple H matches, like all of them. And I stand by that now. That is his biggest rival. Like just thinking about where they DX versus the Nation. Like it happened at so many different turns, right? Because you had um, Rocky Maivia versus Hunter Hearst Helmsley initially, and then you had uh, Rock versus. I mean, then you had DX versus the Nation, and then you had up and coming. Rock versus Hunter, like who is going to step into being the top guy first? And then you had main event Rock versus main event Hunter, and then them coming back and revisiting it. Like it just happened so much. They were like just side by side career rivals. Like you think about what's the biggest win of Rock's career, it's easily the win over Hunter at Backlash, like when he was finally able to overcome the big man Helmsley faction. Um, And so, but we went through and we watched like all of it. And I said all this to say, that at some point we landed at so when we got to the SummerSlam match, Rock versus Hunter in the ladder match at, for the Intercontinental title, and I'm fast forwarding through and Billy sees Jeff Jarrett having a match with X Pac and he's like, Wait, Jeff Jarrett was around back then? And I'm like, Oh yeah, Billy. 
this man is old as hell. Like this is uh and yeah. It was like that yeah, I was like, Billy, that is that Jeff Jarrett. And uh, he was just surprised to see Jeff on his screen. No, it's funny because on... I've said that same thing that Billy said watching wrestling in 1987. Like, damn, Jeff Jarrett was around back then, too. This fool's been around for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to I Jarrett, mean, man. Come on, man. All-time bag chaser, man. <laughs> Number one. I know, not even bag chaser, bag getter. He ain't got to chase no bag. He's getting Bro, bags. Vince, Vince McMahon has fired this man on live national TV, and he still came back and got a bag. This You're talking about. never loses. G double O double N double E gone. <laughs> I'm like Vince, that's spelled Goonie, but okay. <laughs> no, you can't um, get rid of Jared, man. He's always been a fine work, man. What's wrong with you? Uh, yeah, it, and, he, and he still looks great, man. He does. Hey, shout out to Jared, bro. Yeah. I, I, Jared did talk recently about the fact that he is going to start doing house shows for AEW. That that's the market he's going to start building. And uh, I'm curious about that uh, because he, he was talking about how he's got to pick his words carefully um, because he's like, I don't want to offend any markets, but, you know, we got to start running those markets that will never get a dynamite. And uh, I thought, damn, that's, that's a harsh way to put it. But I can definitely see, you know, running those little bullshit ass cities that um, – and sorry if you live in a bullshit ass city, but you know what I mean by that. Uh, <laughs> but those cities that will, that don't have a sports team will never have like anything of the sort, but at the same time deserve to see some live wrestling, but are not big enough to get a dynamite. And so that's what he's basically talking about that AEW is going to start running are those smaller towns and... You know, he's like, I, I have expertise in running small markets like that, and that's what we're going to do. And he's going to try and get that market up going this year. So Jeff Jarrett and the house show is is about to be a thing. And I guess that's the piece of the house show I never really thought about. You know, because Moxley talked about the fact that he hates house shows. That he's like, why am I killing myself, you know, with a pay-per-view coming up? And, uh, you know, I could potentially get injured here when nobody will have seen it. And, like, that aspect of it from the wrestler perspective I do get of, like, mm -hmm. you know, he talked about how here I am a week before WrestleMania working a house show, working a match when I've got WrestleMania literally coming up this Sunday. What the fuck am I doing? On the other side of that, the side Jarrett described is one I've never really thought about of. But also... You do, you do have to get in front of those smaller markets because those are markets you could potentially be turning into fans. Yeah. Right. And um, that is a way to, to grow the fan base. The You know, you can get those bigger markets, but at the same time, you know, just to know, oh, they're coming to our local VFW hall. That's great. Like, that's... I, I could yeah. definitely see that. I don't know so, if those are the venues they're going to be running. So I did not know that Mike said that and. I kind of feel like some people that were like, Reg don't know what he's talking about, were kind of wrong. Oh, yeah, that's that's exactly what Mark said. That's That was his, the whole discussion of, after he left WWE, Remember? he talked about, he talked in those interviews about how um, he did not understand the need for 
running house shows the way we're doing them uh, when they have so much television now. He was like, he was like, I understood it from the old school mentality of, you know, television was kind of a rarity. The space on TV is kind of a rarity. So therefore, um, to give people the opportunity to see the wrestlers in kind of a local capacity, let's run these non-televised shows. But he's like, but in an age where you can literally stream anything, what are we doing these house shows for? Why why are we doing non-televised stuff? I mean, when... Yeah, I, I understand the purpose of house shows. I get there are other reasons for house shows, but it's interesting that there are other perspectives of it. And it is very interesting that people try to jump on my man and act like that every wrestler everywhere likes doing house shows. And then think of an issue like AJ Styles got hurt at a house show and we didn't see it. You know what I mean? Like some yeah. bullshit-ass match that doesn't matter and now AJ Styles is out. It's just like shit like that, you know? Yeah, very yeah. unfortunate timing for him to be out to with, Rus- with Royal Rumble coming up and uh, Good Brothers are back now. Right. Uh, unfortunate. Yeah I, yeah, I feel like that's another Good Brothers run sabotaged in the sense that not intentionally, but just that's like kind of got torpedoed. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking about that, though. You know, Reg did get a whole bunch of shit for uh, everything he said back at that time. And I remember thinking, and I don't think I ever tweeted this, uh, because I didn't want the the sniper fire that um, Reg was getting. That no, was we, on we, my ass, boy. <laughs> no, we be, we both sat back in, in a group chat like, damn, they tearing that guy up. Yeah. Damn. What's the breakfast? But I did have the thought of like... You know what's interesting is when guys reach a certain status in their career, what's usually the first thing that they negotiate out of their contracts? It's usually house shows, right? Like Randy Orton got house shows out. He was like, I'm not working those no more. Like, unless it's like a big Madison Square Garden one, like, I'm not doing this. And got him the fuck out of his contract. Didn't have to work him anymore. Brian Danielson, his thing was, yeah, he wanted to work TV every week. I ain't working house shows. Not fucking doing it. And it's like it's one of the first things to go when a wrestler gets big enough and can negotiate that into their contract of, yeah, I'll be at TV every week, maybe, but I'm not working I'm not working a house show. Like not unless it's like United Center or Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. Then then but, maybe. But Sheldon Benjamin was in my comments saying how he loved working fucking gold dust 5,000 times in 1980. <laughs> <laughs> no, and look, man, again, I get the purpose of house shows. I get that there are wrestlers that enjoy it. But I do think there's another perspective. And I thought it was crazy that people were like, no, but there is a purpose for house shows. And every wrestler clearly enjoys house shows. And I'm like, ah, but I don't know if that's totally true, even if no. I don't agree with that. I don't. Roman, you, people, you think you go catch Roman at a house show? He's like, bro, leave me alone. I'll see y'all on Roman Monday is at or Friday, home, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and well, and Roman did that big house show run like at the beginning of the year. He was working uh, that big tour that they did. Uh, but for the most part, I mean, it, it all depends. It's it all depends on what people are after as performers. And mm-hmm. uh, but there is no one size fits all, and especially when you are a star that's of Moxley's caliber. Moxley's just like. Nah, every match I run the risk of getting hurt, and if that's the case, I want everything I do to matter, and right. that's that's that for for him. Cody, on the other hand, was like, "No, I want to go work Seth Rollins a thousand times." That's what we're good at. So uh, that's that's that. 
Uh, let's see. Matt says, last West Coast Pro event was crazy. Nick versus Alex and Titus versus Alec Price was crazy. Can't wait for Nick versus Titus in February. Uh-huh. Appreciate that, Matt. Yeah, I was there live. It was a great show. A lot of really great developments. Nick Wayne, seeing him live. If you've never seen this kid live, he can work like no other. He just gets it. He has instincts. He has footwork. He's in there with a veteran like Alex Shelley. And Alex Shelley is – I Wait, that's I've the Nick versus Alex it was saying? Nick Wayne versus Alex Shelley? I just saw Nick Alex versus Shelley. Alex. Yeah. <laughs> Nick no, Wayne. Alex Shelley, yeah, yeah. It was, it was incredible. Alex Shelley, if you can see this guy live too, he – like, I – can't understand the little great things that he does like moves and shit are awesome i love it you guys know me i love spots i love it but like just like the little intricacies he throws in between moves how he has a great match with a 17 year old kid it's amazing and then uh titus alexander the west coast pro champion incredible talent gonna be signed very soon if he's not i'd be surprised like i said reminds me of a 2002 aj styles just really gives off the vibes. Seeing Alec Price live was incredible. Great guy. Uh, I love that he has a lot of banter in his matches. Like, he's just, like, talking shit the whole time. And if anybody's talking shit and, and in a small venue where you can really hear everything, great shit. A lot of great talent at West Coast Pro. Um, I had fun. I did some interviews. I talked some shit. It was great. If you haven't seen West Coast Pro, please check it out. If you're going to be in the area. That show was sold out yesterday, wasn't it? Or it was. It was. If you're going to be in the area for Revolution, uh, when AEW's here, they're doing a show on March 4th uh, oh, here cool. in uh, South, South San Francisco. So if you're going to be around, have a free day, definitely check out West Coast Pro if you're not going to be trying to get blown off the Golden Gate Bridge. You said on March 4th? March 4th, yeah. I'll go. Yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, you're coming. I mean, I will be there for Revolution, yeah. So, therefore, I'll, I'll okay. go to West Coast Pro on That's what the 4th. You're, yeah. you're, coming, you're coming to the Bay Area for the great Revolution events where we potentially will see Brian Danielson face it off against the AEW World Champion, Maxwell J. I mean, Friedman. We, I mean, we will. Potentially. <laughs> I mean, he has <laughs> to win. Potentially, Bill. Potentially. <laughs> All right. Small Snippets of Life is asking the question. Will, what is your percentage post-Rampage? All right. Let's get into this, shall we? Mercedes Monet. Uh, Monet, Monet, Monet. I mean, that's the thing uh, is... That Dave clip where he's like, Dave and uh, Brian Alvarez, and he's like, no, it's... uh, I forget how Dave says it, but it's like totally wrong. And he's like, no, this is how it is. It's like when he was trying to pronounce Ron Artest before, but he kept calling him Ron Artesi. He's like, no, his name is Ron (laughs) Artesi, Brian. Because Ron Artest was on uh, Raw one time, and he's like, no, his name is Ron Ron Artesi. Ron Artesi, yo. His name is Ron Artesi, Brian. Dave Meltzer is so funny. Yeah, so the funny thing is... um... Because we say Monet, um, because you know I think we've got like kind of Janelle Monet and and just various Monets stuck in the way our our heads process it. But yeah. she if, says Monet, so therefore. Um, oh, so Dave Monet, was right. Monet. I was wrong. Take everything back that I just said. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you look at it, it, it looks like a French word, and if it's French pronunciation, it would be pronounced Monet. Mm-hmm. 
But it looks like Monet the way that it's spelled with like the accent and everything. But, but uh, also her song is Monet. Mm-hmm. No, the Monet. theme song is, is high too, man. I, I it has a very West Coast vibe. It has the like almost like crisscross sample. Almost reminds mm-hmm. me of um Ain't No Future in Your Front. Um it's great. Uh, I, I was just singing that this morning, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, so, like, literally, I was sitting here waiting for you guys before the show, and I was literally just singing Ain't No Future in Your Front. Um, that's so great. <laughs> What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, so but money, anyway. And so it's money. But it could be. I know. Either way. Come on, that's how she pronounced it. That's how she pronounced it in the ad for Battle of the Valley as well. So Yeah. Okay. Um... So either way, Mercedes Monet is officially in New Japan. She made her debut at Wrestle Kingdom. She she came out after um, a very short. I was not expecting it to be that short, yeah. but after Kyrie versus Tam Nakano, uh, that was it was a five minute match, and after it was over, Mercedes's music hits. She makes her way down. And uh, she confronts, she hits a finish, and uh, I mean, we got to talk about that. Uh, It's a thing that uh, everybody has kind of had on their minds. I don't put the execution of that necessarily. I think it was just bad communication. That happens in pro wrestling. it's you never want it to be the first you never want it to be part of your big debut moment for sure um i think that like obviously it was a miscommunication because Kyrie goes down way too quickly and then i think even once she realizes it then kind of like oversells to make up for that and like i wasn't even like sure what i wasn't sure what happened in that moment when i watched it live uh and then uh mercedes grabs the mic and makes the challenge she's coming after the iwgp women's championship san jose let's go 
yeah, I look, I thought the debut was very good. I think people that are yeah. like over criticizing uh, the execution of the move, I think that that is a minuscule part of the debut because everything else about it was great. I thought the I thought the reveal for her music was great and just how like we didn't see anything at first except like the car pulling up and then it did like the reveal of her face and the name. I thought all of that was very well produced. I thought her gear looked amazing. Um, uh, I saw on her Instagram that the gear was made by fashion designer Michael No, who, if you don't know, has done work for like Lizzo and like all these other like pop stars like um, Lady Gaga. I saw like all these other like this is like we're, a huge deal for her to get like gear from him. We're her husband. At, at. I know. Um, but um, <laughs> I I thought uh, I thought all of that stuff was great. I thought uh I thought the way she looked was great. I thought um, the promo she actually. Oh, cut. we know that we know Phil. We saw your face. Uh, yeah, I thought the, <laughs> I thought the promo looked great. I thought the promo sounded great. Um, I thought them having the match ready for February eighteenth was the move. And I know people are going to be like, oh, but the the match was so short. I really feel like this was all basically to go like we are we are making inroads into the U.S. market with women's yeah. wrestling, and I don't like that they kind of used a built-in story with Tam and Kyrie that they had been building up since Kyrie came back to stardom to do that. But at the same time, um, I understood what New Japan was trying to do here. I think New Japan was just basically trying to build an audience and also say like, yeah, we are really trying to make serious inroads into the U S. Um, could it have been better? Absolutely. Um, it's the same with like the execution of the movie. Could it have been better? Absolutely. Um, could everything have gone perfectly? Absolutely. But you know, we we all know that if it even if it did, people would still find things to complain about. Um, I yeah, I, I thought I thought the debut was great. Um, I I think that um, uh, just the fact that we also learned that like stuff like the wig has been done since June. I'm like no. She has been preparing for this for months. Like the fact that they had that merch ready and everything the next day, all of the merch looks hot. No, she's been preparing for this for a while. And so um, when you get into the AEW stuff, if you then tell me that she's been preparing for this day with New Japan, I mean, everything to a T that she did in Japan looks like she has been planning for a while. Right. I do not buy that um, there has not been plans for her with AEW for a while. Right. I don't buy it. I, I don't think this is a last minute thing. Maybe I don't. I don't think she signed yet because, based on how we know AEW does things, um, usually they sign people the same day. And I'm not even sure if she's going to sign. But I do believe that she was planned as the tag partner. Yeah, that's what I said on Day After Dynamite this week. That I don't believe the match was announced without thinking it was her. Now, could something have changed? Sure. Do I think something changed? I don't know. Um, what were the? Because uh, I didn't see Rampage. What were the developments? Did Cheetah turn full heel last night? Or they there didn't? were no developments. There the, were the no match, developments. The match is still confirmed as Tony Storm, okay. which is interesting because she had tweeted that she was there last night, so she at least did something. She didn't work dark, so um, huh. the but she did tweet that she was in. Uh, in Portland, and at, she was at the arena. I don't know what she did, but I am curious about that. Um, uh, I definitely think that there's 
there's a bit of working going on here because I do not believe, just like I'm saying, I don't think that she would have been planning all this time. I don't believe they would have dropped that boss line on TV. If I mean, there's a couple of things on. that I, like I said, I don't believe that the the segment of having Sheeta essentially annoyed by the way she wasn't picked um, and even like zooming in on Renee's face of like, the fuck that? That's what you're doing? Okay. Yeah, and it was it was very on the nose. The fact that they they retweeted what she just said afterwards on her own Twitter. Mm-hmm. If yeah, no, they even they've been making memes out of it of like, you know, yeah. the uh she clearly pissed about this. Like they're definitely hammering that home. Um But at the same time, like not leaving it a mystery going into Dynamite, I think, uh that's exactly what I said they should do if it's not, yes. right? So uh, expectations are set. You know what I mean? Like it can only yeah. Be like, like there, there is a match now, right? Yeah, there is a match now. So I will talk about what uh, what I've asked about, what I've gotten answers on, and uh, what I still have not gotten answers on. As in, uh, when I have asked about simply put are there plans to bring in mercedes fucking no sold every time <laughs> i get left on red i get nothing no response and then something else will just come up the next day um and if i respond to that then it's uh i mean it, it, the conversation will continue whatever because uh, i can get all the info about ratings anything but mercedes has been a tricky topic um, and so that tells me that there is at least silence around it. Like there is a desire to make something happen. Um, and that tells me there's some kind of plan afoot that, or at least, like I said, a desire to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I have yet to, cause even, you know, it, one of the questions I asked a couple of weeks ago and I didn't get an answer on was, will the match still be a mystery going into um, January 11th? As in, when we walk in on January 11th, will we be questioning whether or not this is a mystery? Mm-hmm. And I didn't get an answer on that. So s- something tells me that they definitely didn't want it to be a mystery. I think about the way Tony answered last week when we had him he literally here on this show and uh yeah so there's that piece of it right you got what is my clarification on like the dave Meltzer thing too right about him saying that he was like everybody in the match says it's not her well he didn't say everybody he said i talked to people in the match talk to people which which i thought was um a head scratcher of a statement to make because typically (laughs) you don't want and I can believe that he misspoke on that. And Brian Alvarez yeah. said he misspoke because at that point, you're somewhat really outing sources in that regard. Right. And I say yeah. that because, you know, if I say I talked to somebody high up in AEW, that narrowed it down to like 20 people. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you say I talked to somebody in a match that only has three people announced, uh, gee, you kind of narrowed that down to a small set of people. And, um, you know, Brian talked about the fact that there was heat on them um, after Dave made that statement can confirm um, that that was the case uh, because um, as far as I know, there were 
flat denials as far as having talked to him. And I think it was kind of a misspeaking um, as far as that was concerned uh, because they're like, no, yeah. no not, not us. Yeah, not me. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and like I said, again, I, I don't think Dave would have made that small of a um, a statement as far as who he would have talked to. Like, clearly, you know, I will say directly if I uh, if I'm talking about, hey, you know, I spoke to Swerve because obviously that's somebody I talk to on the regular. Um, and so that's one of those ones that won't be narrowed down so much. But if I say, hey, I talked to somebody in AEW, that could be anybody, right? Because I, I don't necessarily want anybody pointing the finger at that. I don't want it narrowed down. Um, and the only reason you would ever give any specificity on that kind of thing is if you want to lend credence to its the statement's value, right? If I say I talked right. to somebody high up in AEW, that is really just to remind you of how much there is behind the statement that obviously it matters a little bit more than if I talk to the janitor. Um, and so that's, uh, that, that's why you would make that statement. As far as having talked to anybody in the match, I, I, I think Brian's right that I think you misspoke in that regard. And I'm hoping that's the case. Um, right. I, you know, me guys, I always give benefit of the doubt. I never, I don't like to say anybody's lying or anything along those lines. Yeah. Try to no, just we are definitely not sitting here saying that. <laughs> yeah. I try to assume right correct intent on things and that sometimes you just make mistakes. That's why I wasn't gonna jump in on the core Jade stuff, right? Like I don't think mm -hmm. she was tweeting at uh at Sky Blue. I do think it was just an ill timed tweet and yeah. that's all. Uh, but as far as the percentage now, because going into Dynamite, I said 100%. And I said 100% because I was thinking about, again, I don't know a whole lot. But what I do know is, I, I do know what was out there. I do know that, we'll talk about the fact that Mercedes, right before that, had said, this is my first stop. Right, she said that in the press conference, and so mm -hmm. that made everybody go, "Oh, first stop." Yeah, huh. she she did the airport uh, picture last night. Yeah. Did you guys see that? Mm -hmm. uh, she also had stated, uh, so and then WWE is now actively removing her from everything. Right. They have pulled um, her from the website. They have also pulled. She's no longer promoted on the SmackDown graphic on the Fox app. They replaced her with Ronda Rousey, which I think is an interesting lineup they've got there, by the way, because now the three people on the SmackDown graphic are Ronda Rousey, Brock Lesnar, and Charlotte Flair. And when I look at that, I was just like, man, this is the whitest cover I've ever seen in my life, uh, for yeah. one. And uh, two, Brock ain't even on this show. What do you? Mm -hmm. Why is it Brock front and center? You know, like, Roman is the champ. I know he's yeah. not here as much either, but he's here more than Brock. Right. Um, like Brock's appearances have actually mostly been on Raw lately. What are we doing? Why is Brock front and center? Why did you replace Sasha with Ronda, but you left Brock front and center? That part just didn't make because, any sense. Because to me. they still see Brock as a top draw. 
That's why. And but like his last appearances have all been on Raw. Like he's been feuding yes. with Bobby Lashley. And, and, and you know, if he shows up, he's beating whoever else you think is a top guy because that's the priority <laughs> they put Brock at. Um, but I, I, last night definitely tell, told me that people were not feeling Ronda because the fact that uh, Charlotte got a thank you Charlotte chant was like, ooh. <laughs> That's Maybe people were not nice. liking the Ronda stuff more than I thought. Um, right? No, they wow. were they were way out on that. And I like how Ronda's just like, yeah, I don't care about the SmackDown Women's Title. Like, uh, why would you say that? That's not the thing you say. She <laughs> she was like, yeah, maybe uh, me and Shane will go after the tag titles, and that was like, okay. Um, I mean, uh, I, in, I, in all honesty. That's a good thing, actually. That's a kind it of a is. great team. And I think the division needs mm-hmm. more anything because it really is just damage control. So I actually would like to see Ronda and Shayna yeah, do something you know, like that. That's a good I'm duo. Sure, I'm, I'm sure Shayna wants to work with Dakota as well. I think that'd be cool. Yeah. So, But I, I just think the idea of just being like, yeah, I don't care. Yeah, I lost the belt. Moving on. Like, that's... That that's the opposite of the way you're supposed to tell that kind of story in pro wrestling. Everybody should care. Yeah, you have to I sell the effect. The, the Ronda <laughs> stuff is all over the place right now. Yeah. But anyway, percentage. It's a downgrade. A huge downgrade on percentage. Mm-hmm. I have officially moved to about 60 is where I'm back at. And uh, the reason for that is um, coming out of Rampage, not addressing it at all. Basically, just commentary being like, uh, match is happening. It's Tony Storm. She's the partner. Um, I have one more question I'm going to lay out to AEW. And that is uh, going to affect the percentage massively. Uh, and I haven't, I haven't asked this one yet, and I'm not going to say what the question is, but it does, uh, it is one that I think a statement was made to me not too long ago about, um, and it wasn't in any official capacity, but it talked about AEW's ability to read the crowds and read audiences Mm -hmm. and how, um, for the most part, they haven't missed lately on reading how an audience is going to react that they know okay this is what this crowd's going to do they can even pinpoint what they're going to chant when they chant it Mm -hmm. they're pretty good at reading the audience despite the fact that these audiences have been crazy hot crazy loud doing what they're going to do the fact is they're not going against the grain they're not uh they they're really good at anticipating the crowd's reactions so i do have questions about crowd anticipation for uh la and that will give me kind of everything well Um, (laughs) that's what made some of the stuff in the when dave and brian talked about it and brian correct me if i'm wrong uh, brian said that uh they only showed one of the women's segments to the live crowd um they didn't show both um that's interesting why would they do that yeah um i don't know i don't know what to make of that um I still think there's a plan here. Um, I don't know what it is. Um, I think that it's very telling that uh, two of their biggest signings from last year um, got leaked immediately. 
Um, and that's the Brian one, and of course Punk. And of course, it helped them, the Punk thing being leaked, because it helped them sell, sell tickets. Um, and I feel like the same thing happened here with New Japan and Mercedes. Mercedes was basically, and I, I part of me watching Wrestle Kingdom on uh, the 4 or 5 was thinking like, boy, this would have been better if we didn't know about it. Um, but at the same time, I understand why they may have wanted people to know about it. Um, I mean, we got the numbers back, and it showed that people really yeah. tuned into it. So, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I get the point of that. So a part of me is kind of like, maybe they don't want this spoiled, and maybe this is to counteract um, any leaks, and this is what they're, why they're being so mum on it. Uh, but at the same time, it is very strange that uh, it seems like they've like there's been like a little bit of backpedaling off of it. But at the same time, I'm not sure. It, it's just uh, it's interesting. It's interesting everything that's going on. But I do still think that there is a plan here because if there wasn't, she does. Uh, Britt does not drop that boss line on TV and very clearly wink into the camera in a, in a pre-tape as well, like in, in a way where somebody would have said, "Hey." Maybe that's not a good idea to tease people with that. Cut that. Uh, yeah, let's let's cut that. So yeah, so um, it's it's just a few things about this that makes me think there's a plan here. Um, Mercedes is clearly back in the U.S. Like I said, she dropped the airport picture yesterday, so she is back in the U.S. Yeah, so like that's one of the things that I didn't agree with Dave on that the statement of she's not in L.A. and I thought. Yeah, that was my weird. my immediate reaction to that was neither is Kenny. He like very clearly just worked. Uh, New Year's Dash, and he is on the card for LA this week. Yeah, Kenny. Kenny just dropped the Dakota picture today. So, do you guys think that since they announced, why did I think you said February, Dakota? Uh, yeah, no, the the Abushi. I know what you meant. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah, wait, uh, what? <laughs> like, yeah, do you guys I got think it. That since they announced the uh, the 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 title match for February, that like they want that to be her first match officially maybe they did maybe there was something in the plans where they were like we don't want her first match to be this tag match we want our first official match out of wwe to be the title match in february with Kyrie. you know maybe. like that could be a thing that could play a role now because that that, that kind of dropped my thing because like if she's supposed to be this big star and getting this money for new japan they're gonna want the big they're going to want the first match that she gets out of WWE, I would assume, you know. So I could kind of go with somebody said earlier in the super chat about how she comes after the match. Maybe she's not in the match, but she still appears on Wednesday in L.A. I'll yeah. say this. There's been big ticket movement on that show regardless for L.A. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm still contemplating going to that. Uh, I, I, I mentioned. Yeah. I, I contemplated that. So this is what I uh, said on Ask City for those who haven't seen it. Um, my whole thing is uh, we have the Fightful Awards coming up on Thursday and uh, <laughs> no flight would have me back in time for that. I would either have to miss the beginning of it and I don't want to uh, because it's something I've worked really hard on um, or... Come on, have man. To... We're professionals around here. Who misses the first part of the show? <laughs> <laughs> or or I would have to do the show from LA, which is possible too. Uh so because I mean I did a show I did this show from my brother's shoe closet in LA. That is definitely doable. Um and Denise and, lives in LA too, right? And Denise lives in LA, right. So yeah. um I could also just 
I'm sure she would let me do the show for her house, but uh, I've been trying to figure that out. I do have a ticket to the show in LA. Um, it's just a matter of do I use it is is how I've looked at that. Uh, yeah. And... Um, yeah, I, I, and I, I, that is a great point um, that they could, this could be New Japan going like, we want first dibs on this first match. And so maybe she's not in a match, mm-hmm. maybe it's an appearance. Um, I don't know. Right. Um, I I do think that there's a plan for something though. I don't think that this is just Me too. like she's not the mystery partner, so that means Mercedes isn't coming at all. I I don't believe that. Right. Yeah, it could um, be. A thing I mean, I guess we'll uh, see. I don't. So there's been a whole bunch of talk about, um, you know, she's just getting this out of her system and is going to head back to WWE. Entirely possible. Um, maybe. But I also think that if this were done, if that's the case, and it were done with, say, WWE's blessing, um, I think that she would just be using Sasha Banks as a name. Um, uh, yeah. Um, I, I understood that part that Dave was saying that, you know, they think that she's just going and doing all this stuff and she'll be back because, of course, that's what they think. They, they as a company, probably think everybody will be back. You know, they'll, they'll be back. Right. We're the biggest game in town. What are you going to do? Go and wrestle in some bingo halls for a while? Have your fun? Come back. Um, and so I'm sure that's what they think. But at the same time, just the way she's moving. Um, and before I say all of this, I don't doubt that Sasha Banks may go back and be a WWE wrestler at some point. Um, but the way she's moving, the way everything came out the day after Wrestle Kingdom, the way she was front and center on all that New Japan stuff, the graphic, the commercial they had lined up for uh, Battle in the Valley, the pro wrestling tease, everything dropped. No, she's been planning this for a minute, and I think she is like, nah, this is the move now. I don't think she's thinking about being Sasha Banks at all at the moment. Yeah, um, and I think that the fact that she filed the trademarks when she did um, – I mean, either way, I'm I'm excited for. Yeah, and, uh, I, yeah, and and that's that's the part that I kind of don't like about where we are as wrestling fans. That people are like, oh, well, you know, she's just gonna go and do this. It's just same Sasha. She's cutting a WWE promo. She's still botching. Like, fam, this is her dream to go to Japan. Just be happy for her, man. Like as I say all the time, support the wrestler, man. Like it doesn't matter if she's not wrestling for your favorite company. I think that what she's doing is dope. I mean, just look at it this way. Um, we haven't seen women wrestling a dome at a at a New Japan show officially in any capacity for decades. I mean, yeah, I believe the starting match last year was better than the starting match this year. But at the same time, for them to bring in a wrestler and them to be this big of a draw and to be front and center on everything, and it's a black woman, that's a big deal, man. That's historic. Huge. Um, and I feel like you got to give her props for demanding that kind of um, deal right out the gate. That just shows who she is. Mm-hmm. And the fact that that night, um, and I'm a big New Japan guy, um, that night, all I saw was Mercedes all over the timeline. Like, nobody was talking about anything else on the show for a good hour until, like, Osprey and Omega, like, tore the house down. Um, but... No, I feel like the biggest moment from that show was their match and Mercedes. Yeah, I think that's very telling. I want to read the super chat really quick because it actually relates to that. Uh, We got a super chat from uh, this one is, damn it. 
there it is. Coffee Black says, the crew watching Wrestle Kingdom was interesting. Also, I got a chance uh, to check out Dream Queendom, and it was top tier. I am hooked. Um, Dream Queendom I, was a very good show. And uh, as far as the crew watching Wrestle Kingdom, um, it's interesting because I, I want to see more wrestling exposed to more people. I think that it's always a good thing to grow bases. And um, I hope for every member of the crew that saw New Japan and went, well, why do they do this this way? Or why do they do this this way? This isn't for me. I hope that one person, I, I hope at least one saw it and went, oh, this is interesting that they do it this way. I kind of like this. I might give this a shot. Um, I think the more people that see other ways of presenting pro wrestling is always a good thing. And I hope that we do see more and more people get that kind of exposure to it. Um, I think people kind of didn't get what I was saying on Day After Dynamite because I was trying not to be gatekeepy about it because I don't want to be a gatekeeper about it. I, I want people to give all wrestling a chance. I just want to make sure that you are open-minded about it and not holding it to what you want or what you see from other companies. Um, in the same way where if you are an AEW fan and you sit down and watch WWE for the first time, um, and it's weird to think that four years in, that could now be a thing with like kids. Um, sounds crazy. It sounds crazy, but at the same time, the more the years go on, the more that there is going to be uh, a base that is kind of solidified in one or the other. Um, yeah. Um, I've seen a few of these. I, I'm surprised at this point that people don't know this. Um, the crew is Sasha fans. They are like devout Sasha stands. Um, it's a reference to her bodyguard from NXT that had the shirts on that says Sasha's crew. Um, and so that's what Sasha's fans call themselves, the crew. Is everything okay, Will Washington? Or no? Hello? <laughs> um, okay. I'm, yeah. You all right, buddy? Um, uh, but yeah, I look, I think um, people that uh, watched this, and I also people that were, saw people that were saying she didn't get any pop. And I'm like, there is no pop at New Japan shows. They don't, they, yes. they don't react to, to, they don't react to wrestling the same way that American fans do. Um, they, Can you guys why, hear me now? Yes. Okay. I like stepped on my mic cord and it unplugged everything. <laughs> so I couldn't hear you guys and I couldn't. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I, I couldn't be heard. But yeah, I thought people that were like, oh, she didn't get a reaction. And people that have, that have um, you know, been conditioned to think that reactions are the way to gauge impact because mm -hmm. that's American wrestling and that's what we see everywhere else. Um, no, they, they, they don't really do pops like that in New Japan or Japanese wrestling because Japanese crowds are more polite. Like they, that's right. why they, they're still doing the clapping. They, they don't really, you get do more chants. oohs and ahs. It, like, yeah, it, they, yeah, they don't, they don't do chants and they don't do nope, stuff nope, that other crowds awesome do. And shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I, I wasn't expecting her to get like this, like huge raucous reaction just, just because it's a Japanese crowd. And then too, like, this is a crowd that has been conditioned to not have women's wrestling for decades so yeah. you have to bring them along slowly to get them to care about the women's stars um and it's happening it's working but 
you're still building a new audience. So I thought people that were like, she didn't get a reaction. So ha ha shows her like, no, like, look at those numbers. No, look at everything else that happens. Like, no, Mercedes is still her. Like, don't, don't yeah. try to do that. And I think that show is going to sell out in San Jose. Um, Smiley yeah. says, morning, boys. Happy New Year. Getting the claws done. Then it's time for a drink. Mercedes Monet was everything. Uh, I'm excited. Hi, Reggie. Yeah. Uh, I think it's an exciting time to What's be around. Tracy. Fan, Hello, Tracy, my friend. Uh, happy New Year. uh let's see we got uh let's read a few more um wanga says good day fellas wrestle kingdom slash new year's dash felt like new japan saying welcome back after the last couple years being an aussie wrestling fan pays off when it comes to the japanese show times i bet it does because this guy being up at 5 a.m uh and even later for phil as a matter of fact reg got the earliest time of it all and it still ended at 4 30 for you uh Ah, uh, and, and then the hard part for me, and I tweeted this, I was like, must resist late, uh, late night snacking because I'm like, man, I just want to eat something. Um, but I know that like, I shouldn't like snack at night, but yeah. also, man, do I want to? And, uh, I ended up just like making yeah, some popcorn. It was, it, was in, it was interesting, like ending at Cause I'm like, damn, this thing's going to end at 4 30 AM. But like after Osprey and Omega, I was like, hype. I'm like, damn, I can't go to sleep now. This shit got me all Man. the way up. So at 4.30, I'm still like, ah, I need more. <laughs> Re- really, really great show, man. I mean, yeah. if if you are excited by Wrestle Kingdom like I am every year, and I feel like it's it's usually the best time to be a wrestling fan in January, I thought we got a great show. I think the junior tag match that opened the night was Leo busting his face open. And, man, they killed it. I thought Leo and Yo were going to win that thing, but – Still a really good tag match. The junior heavyweight match was incredible. I mean, Master Watto just giving it up with mm-hmm. I mean, come on, man. I mean, and I I could see Hiromo and Desperado wrestle every night and not get tired of it. It's just incredible. Um really good yeah, show. Well, I mean Yeah. And, and we'll talk about the, the big one in a moment because I, I have some things to say about that. I want to read a couple more super chats. Um Anime Otaku says, uh, does anyone else see Kenny's influence in the Jade finish on Rampage, specifically Kreutz Wrath in the setup? Yeah, actually. I even saw um somebody posted the video uh side by side and I was like, Yep, I, I can definitely see that. Um uh, and Shy Town Spurs says Stokely quoting Baldwin and repping the Bloods in the same promo. Is there a bigger Renaissance man in pro wrestling? That yeah, man, yeah. I tweeted protect this man because he ended a promo hyping up LA with Sue Whoop, and I was like, no, don't do that. What are you doing? Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, man of culture. Uh, yeah, Stokely. I was like, at first I was like, that popped me, but then I thought, ooh, in LA, uh, uh. yeah. Mm. That that ne- isn't necessarily the place I drop a swoop, but hey, it's Stokely. He could get away with that. And uh, <laughs> I uh-huh. like the amount of culture no, Stokely. Cannot. Nobody can get away with that. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of culture Stokely has brought to AEW, I think, uh, and just brings to his promos in general, the references, little things like that, things that just pop the black man in me which is me um is is great i love it and it's uh nobody else really does that in general i mean i feel like that's the thing i used to get from the new day where like they'd make a reference that i know that only 
black fans would get, or at least people who follow black culture would get. And it is fun seeing Stokely be that guy right now. Yeah. Protect we got a another from uh, Snippets of Life that says, Cannot wait for an AEW pay-per-view in Detroit to annoy Phil. Terrible. Keep waiting. <laughs> terrible city, terrible <laughs> basketball team. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of which, the Nuggets beat Cleveland last night. Um, the Cleveland that, uh, and now granted, they missed like 15 free throws and I think lost by, what, 14? So that very well could have made up the difference in the game. But uh, fact is, for as good as Cleveland's been doing, again, Nuggets won. I don't want to talk about Cleveland because I we had that game won against Cleveland. Uh, had a nice little comeback going. Rosen missed that game winner. And I was like, all right, well, we just we just coughed it up. And then they put out that whack-ass report a few days later and said that should have been a foul. And I was like, <laughs> they did. Whatever. <laughs> I, I felt for you in that. <laughs> Uh, so I mean, I, I, I am happy for Cleveland as a team just because um, I've wanted to see Cleveland succeed without LeBron, and uh, yeah. they're doing so right now. Like they're still number four in the East. They look great. Uh, and, and when you think about the team, one points, didn't he? Yo, mm-hmm. Spiders, Spiders out here killing it, man. He's of course it put up that seventy points on us. I, yeah. <laughs> But, hey, um, now, granted, a lot of people are saying Chuck never knows what he's talking about, but I will always take a compliment from Chuck. But when Charles said on Wednesday that the Nuggets have the deepest team in the NBA and that uh, – He's not wrong. And he said it's it, – basically he implied it's their, the Western Conference is theirs to win. And uh, – I don't know if I would say it's theirs to win, but I do think they have Or theirs to lose more so. It's more like, look, they I mean, they are number one right now. Of course, they're neck and neck with the Grizzlies, but at the moment, Nuggets are number one. And um, it is yeah. nice to feel this way about my fucking team, guys, because uh, I... Last year was a good year. Year before was even better. Um, but, like, I just... I just want to see them do it. They get so close, so fucking close, but they're still I'm just not a single. Sit back. I'm going to let you cook. I'm going to let you eat for a couple weeks and let you do your thing. Enjoy it. Have fun. But you know what time it is. I mean, I, I do see uh, latter season Warriors have decided to show up finally because the Warriors went from bottom of the conference to all of a sudden number six with a winning record and how they've managed to turn that around is actually really astonishing. Talking about turnaround, the Brooklyn Nets, the Nets are number are, two, are contenders again. Um, and I mean, wow. this, this, this organization was in shambles at the beginning of the season. And now they look like a real threat um, and they look scary. Um, so, I don't know. Um, it's up in the air. I, uh, I, I know the, I, the the East. I think has a much deeper field in terms of like it's a who's who yeah. as far as who could come out yeah. number one right. in the East. Uh, yeah, it, it right. could still be Boston. Um, there, there are a few teams that look good. Uh, but on the Warriors front, I've been in and out on Warriors games without Steph because they have moments where they look terrible. Sometimes they look good. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed the Christmas game. Uh, because 
there's nothing better than trash talking between players and then come up and and um, yes. the way the Grizzlies acted like this was just like no, this is their game to win on Christmas Day. They acted like they were gonna beat them in the playoffs and they still lost and they were like, nah, we'll see y'all on Christmas. We're gonna show y'all and then got completely dog walked and Clay trash talking, not just in the game, after the game, was amazing. Him following dude through his entire fall, trash talking him all the way down to the ground. (laughs) Incredible. I loved it. (laughs) That fucking stutter step shit, that was hilarious. (laughs) My, My only thing with the Nuggets that's going on right now, and it's unfortunate, not for me, but for everybody else, uh it's speaking solely in denver is that somebody mentioned how you know nuggets don't have real fans because um there's no because you can't watch nuggets games in denver you can only watch them nationally which is um slightly true because of course nuggets games air on altitude sports altitude sports is owned by stan Kroenke, um who owns the denver nuggets so therefore he airs it on his own network so that's the only place to watch them they have now, we are in year four of a carriage dispute between Comcast and Altitude. So if you are a Comcast cable subscriber, which is the majority of people in Denver who have cable, you cannot watch Nuggets games. You can only watch them on DirecTV. And uh, I think so Dish wait, might have them as well. You, can you watch Nuggets games on NBA TV then? Like if you have the, if you have the league pass, you can't watch it? What no. the? Yeah, now, that's horrible. I have DirecTV, so I haven't missed a game. Uh, but I do get how uh, if you are a Comcast subscriber, you do not get games. And that's um, that's mainly the reason I've kept my DirecTV through everything else. I have DirecTV streams. That's, that's but the reason, main reason I've kept it is because I'm not missing Nuggets games and nobody else will get them to me. And so I know that if I'm going to watch these games, I have to keep my DirecTV. Even as they've lost so much and I'm like, and the price keeps going up, I'm like, damn. But the Nuggets, I can't miss my game. Same with the Avalanche. Avalanche also, uh, if you're a hockey fan, um, they only air on altitude. And so you do not get those games if you don't have altitude. And Comcast has been kind of a bitch about that. And they talk so much shit, too. Um, like, they have commercials now during uh, <laughs> altitude where they're just like, hey, fuck Comcast, right? Get yourself direct TV. <laughs> DirecTV be offering deals too. They're like, uh, "Hey, tell us you're a Nuggets fan, and we'll take twenty dollars off your bill." Uh, listen, so, I'm not getting no satellite dish just to watch my local team. That, that's like I, said, I got DirecTV stream. I, I'm doing I stream it all, so um, I don't have to do none of that. I literally just log into an app and watch, and that's good enough for me. Uh, but I get it if you don't have – I mean, you'd have to have a strong internet connection. But at this stage, it works on my fucking phone, on my 5G. So. I, can't, I can't believe it's not at least on League Pass. That's crazy. Nope. If you try to watch a Nuggets game on League Pass, you'd have to use a VPN uh, to watch Nuggets games on League Pass, which is easy. Um, NordVPN is a fightful sponsor. So if you are a Nuggets fan and do want to watch on League Pass, just get yourself NordVPN and then – Throw on. No, we're not. So let, yeah, Fightful does. <laughs> uh, but either way, uh, and then watch your games anywhere because you could just say you live in Argentina and you're watching all the Nuggets games you want or any team. You won't get the blackouts through League Pass. So, 
that was uh, the league pass was my go-to when I lived in uh, when I lived in Detroit back in 2011. I there was no way I wasn't signing up for league pass. My wife got it for me for my birthday, as a matter of fact, as like, hey, I know you don't want to miss your Nuggets game, so here you go. That yeah, what nice. are you gonna watch Detroit Pistons games in Detroit? Because nobody liked the Detroit Pistons. Detroit fans don't like the Detroit Pistons, and that's oh, they do. I know a lot of yeah. No, they, I mean, they they, like they, they do now. Like it all depends. It, 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 they're so in and out on their teams because like the thing that matters most in Detroit, I learned, is college football more than anything else. They don't care about no sports more than they get. No, it's two things: Red Wings hockey and college football those are the two things and those are the things i cared the least about is like hockey and college football and so when i like would meet people and i'd want to talk to them about sports and they're like yeah you watching the football game and i'm like yeah the nfl and they're like well who gives a shit about the lions we're talking about you know that, that i wouldn't watch like the detroit lions either <laughs> yeah, no, yeah no they're like no it's this is about michigan or this is about uh michigan state who gives a shit about the nfl nfl who cares about that yeah and, they, or, I'm, I'm sure they do feel about that way in detroit um, yeah or it's all hockey everybody it's like, that's the only place i know black hockey fans is in um is in detroit you know we had x3 on the show he is a massive massive detroit red wings fan yeah I have seen three entire hockey games in my life, and I was at two of them. Come on, man. man. Hawks, baby. Dynasty in the city. (laughs) And 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 one of them was a field trip, and it was like the first thing our teacher pointed out that nobody wanted to say. I think I've told the story on the show. It's one of my favorite stories where we had to write about our experience at this hockey game, and everybody had to talk about what we saw and didn't see. And... um, the teacher was looking for one answer, and nobody was saying it. But he's like, what else did anybody notice at this game? Anybody? And he goes, huh. No one's just going to say it, huh? There weren't very many brothers at this game, were there? <laughs> no. I, 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 and, <laughs> and this is the whitest man possible, right? right? So think about him saying, he was like, you didn't see many of the brothers at this game. And I laughed my ass off. I nearly fell out of my seat. This is in the ninth grade. I was just like dying. Shout out to Bill Shive, my uh, the teacher at the time. He was also a football coach, but still yeah. one of my favorite stories. I, I, I still think one of the greatest things Chance the Rapper has ever given us is that SNL skit of him being at the hockey game. If you've ever seen it, it is, I haven't it seen is, that one. It is hilarious. Um, he is a he is a reporter and he is uh, reporting live from the hockey game. It's hilarious. I'll check that out because yeah, I, I I I don't know. I haven't been to many hockey games. I've been I li- I live at Ball Arena. I've been to that arena at least a hundred times. Uh, never I've I've seen one hockey game there, and then I tried to keep up with it because of course our t- our local team just won the Stanley Cup last year. Like so, I kept up with it in that sense, but like background noise. Uh, Myron says, speaking of Sol Ruka, her finisher is sick. We'll definitely get her over in the long run. RH says, Sky Blue tore it up with Athena and Thunder Rosa at that Warrior Wrestling Triple Threat. And if Tony hasn't signed the Renegade Twins, he needs to. They had a good showing last night, too. Uh, they looked great. Uh, yeah, yeah I, thought the, I thought both those tag matches from Rampage were great. I feel like this was one of the better Rampages in a long time. Uh, not just because the matches were good, but the Portland crowd brought it. Yeah, no, I thought, the, yeah, Portland, 
you can tell they, the whole Northeast was just starved for pro wrestling, or specifically for AEW, because thinking about how good of a crowd Seattle was, but thinking about how good of a crowd Portland was as well. And Portland, I was worried for Portland. I was like, oh, they're only getting a rampage. I don't know how they're going to feel about that. And like, will they show up? And they showed up and they showed out. Like it was a really, really great crowd. Um, yeah, no. And I thought battle of the belts was a great show. So, uh, but Shane monster says uh, rampage battle of the belts, five showcasing losing talent. Great. Last night, top flight renegades, Mike Bennett, Mike Bennett had a great showing too. God, I love Mike Bennett and him getting to go out there and do Boston strong style against Darby. Great stuff. Satnam is another one who I'm turning the corner on Satnam Singh. I think that said that double choke slam he hit on the acclaimed and yeah, then the way he, he choke slammed Mike Posey. And you know, when Mike Posey came out, my immediate thought was, that guy's never on TV. Uh, and, like, he only ever works dark because I know he does more, like, behind-the-scenes stuff. But they brought him out, and even Jericho yells, Mike Posey, when's the last time we've seen him on TV? And I thought, yeah, it is weird. And then when he took the choke slam from Satnam Singh, I'm like, yeah, no one else was going to take that bump. This was, <laughs> this was Mike Posey's to take. Uh, and I get it now. Uh, but yeah, Sky and Kip. Kip Sabian looked great too. I thought that was Kip's best uh, showing since he's been back. Uh, and yeah, there was a lot of interference in that main event. At some points, I was just like, yeah, just uh, go back backstage, guys. I, I know you. Uh, come on, like everybody, chill out. Let's all go backstage. Like, let's all you know, go back and let's let's, let's hang in and catering. Like, it's just it's just too much interference. Uh, but I thought the match in itself was really good when it was focused on the people in the ring. Mm-hmm. Young boy says Nick Khan, Stephanie, and Triple H feel, uh, versus Vince feels like John Connor, Sarah Connor, and the Terminator versus the T-1000. Shout out Terminator 2, one of the best movies of all time. Um, and <laughs> Yeah. Although in hindsight, why was that movie marketed to kids so much? Like, I remember like commercials for like the action figures and all that stuff. That was an R-rated movie. Nobody gave a shit at all. They were like, nah, we are going to sell Terminator 2 to children. And we don't give a like fuck about the first about of the movie, the bro pulls up naked, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. I mean, look, Terminator 1 was, like, some of the first, like, movie titties I ever saw. And so uh, that. <laughs> and so I, I don't know. But that movie was, like, hugely marketed to children. And I, I think about that a lot of how much yeah. we knew about Terminator. There are a lot of things. In the 90s, First marketed movie titties uh, to I kids. I saw was uh, Murder Was the Case, the Snoop Dogg fucking home video. Mm-hmm. But there's titties in that. I was watching it with my mom, too. It was real, real weird. Very weird. But uh, yeah, shout out to movie titties. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of stuff was marketed to us in the 90s that was not for us. <laughs> no. <laughs> absolutely not. And they just did not give a fuck. They were just like, nah, you want. Terminator action figures, you want RoboCop. Like, that was not a kid's movie either, but we love right. RoboCop. I mean, wrestling. I mean, wrestling was hugely marketed to us. And in the 90s, a lot of that shit was not for us. <laughs> nope. Nah, nobody nobody cared at all uh, back then. We got, uh, we got a whole lot more. Thank you, everybody, who's been sending these Super Chats and Humper Chats. I'm going to try and get through these. Um, and then we're going to talk uh, Vince which I'm sorry that we have to do that, but Jake Salazar says, honestly, CM Punk on TV every week averaging $1 million. But if you work it out and have CM Punk and Mercedes, I'm saying around $1.5. Um, 
uh, I don't know, uh, because growing wrestling is like tough, right? Because Hard. as much as as good as SmackDown's doing right now, um, SmackDown's still not where they started. SmackDown, the first episode on Fox did four million viewers, and uh, like I, it's it's doing really great right now. Um, no denying that, especially the episode with Cena last week uh, did a great number, and Raw's been. Raw's been fairly stagnant. Raw like had a bit of a, a boost when Hunter first showed up, but it's pretty much year over year kind of the same as where it was last year, which is better than dropping. You don't want to see you don't want to see the red. If you can see the at least everything's the same, that's better than anything else. Yeah, uh, I, I'm not a numbers guy. But uh, well, 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 my my point about the numbers is that wrestling growth has been really difficult. Like no wrestling brand is. is in terms of the numbers of number of viewers is doing better than they were in a previous era. And so thinking about growing with pro wrestling, like pro wrestling has got to, I know we talk about cable a lot. I literally was just talking about cable, but my God, there has to be at some point wrestling has to get out of the shadows of cable. And I don't know how they do like the fact that, uh, you know, the NFL has the deal with Amazon now where you got Amazon Prime, you can watch games with us now. Uh, and or you can watch the Thursday night football games. And really, as far as the NFL is concerned, there are no cable restrictions right now with the NFL at all. You can watch, uh, you know, your AFC games through CBS. You watch your NFC games through Fox. You watch your Sunday night games through NBC. And then your Thursday night games. You can watch them on Amazon. So then at that point, the NFL has gotten out of the confines and the restrictions of cable. Wrestling has got to figure that out. Like Peacock was a really, really good strategy for WWE because Peacock, um, just people having Comcast internet, Xfinity internet, I get Peacock, I have Xfinity. And uh, just getting it in front of that many people was a good thing. I think... If wrestling's ever going to grow in a meaningful way, they've got to figure that out. And I don't know what that is, but I'm also not paid to figure that out. So somebody who does, and I say that as I have a BET shirt on talking about cable, the the renaissance of cable, baby. Um, that <laughs> that yeah. was... I, I don't know. I just don't care about numbers. To me, I, I just don't... I, any of my excitement about Mercedes going there has nothing to do with numbers. Oh, yeah. No, the, as far as I'm concerned, I like metrics just because um, it's the only tangible measurement of success in pro wrestling. Um, like, I can say I liked the match. Um, I can say I liked anything. But at the end of the day, uh, that's just my personal enjoyment. As far as its success is concerned, uh, the only tangible measurement is ratings. Uh, and because, like, WWE, of course, has revenue. And as a WWE stockholder, um, that is the, and I had a great day yesterday, by the way, <laughs> that, um, that's part of why, uh, people look at revenue and things along those lines, because those numbers are public. AEW is not a public company. They don't have to disclose any of that shit, shit. So then at that point, you don't have that to go off of with them. Yeah. So, uh, but Jake Salazar says, y'all think they are main eventing Forbidden Door 2 with Osprey versus Omega's rematch? That that would sell it, I think. No. No, you think it's Okada? <laughs> What's happening, buddy? 
the pro wrestling podcast says, hey, guys, here's five bucks for all your hard work. Thank you so much. Jake Salazar says, it's honestly hilarious to me that Triple H spent all this time undermining AEW just for him to be sitting in a cubicle come two weeks. Uh, I'm sitting here like, hey, dog, you did it to yourself. I don't know if you're going to be sitting I, in a I don't know if I would say all that. That's, that's, a, little bit, that's a little bit far. Um, he's definitely not sitting in any, in any cubicle. And he also says, Braun versus Dala, modern day Mark Henry versus Big Show. Small Snippets yeah. of Life says, Tanahashi wrote on his blog that uh, New Japan Strong is coming to an end in its format. A lot of Twitter speculation it, that it will be merged with ROH TV. Huh, I didn't hmm. think about that. Because, um, of course, Tony did say that there's something coming with ROH TV and that it was going to have something to do with New Japan. If hmm. I could see Ring of Honor TV, if he's willing to like kind of put that in Rocky's hands, it's not a bad idea. No, not. Uh, not I don't know. I don't know what that means. And I mean, if if that's the case, I don't know what they're gonna do because they just established two sets of New Japan Strong titles. Um, I don't know. And New Japan Strong was a good show. Uh, I don't know what that means though. Yeah, I don't know. I, I could see again because I I am one of the people curious uh, as to what Tony meant by that, and he said we'd find out in January. Um, we're only seven days into January, so literally he still has a good twenty four days left to let us know what that means. Um, Mr. C J Lilly says it's hard for the other teams to feel good when the championships are uh, tied up with Roman because at least the single star has the U S and I C titles. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Um, Pro Wrestling Podcast says Red Velvet was in Jade's first match, so it makes sense to me. Tim Gordon says, I'd love to see a multi-woman match with all the women Jade has beaten multiple times. Jade versus Willow versus Sky versus Velvet. Yeah, I think uh, that would be... Uh, if, 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 if Red Velvet doesn't beat her, I think that'd be a nice way to put her title and her streak in jeopardy. Um, and it would be a cool way to keep that though all of those feuds kind of simultaneously going yeah um and Derek gordon says so was that jared lethal fake out what tk was hinting at um in the grab seat interview when you guys mentioned the finger poke of doom um i could see that fake out being the case because i was wondering what he meant by that uh up and down the show and yeah i can see that mr cj Lilly says i just hope vince leaves creative uh so far seems so um graham b says aew in full sale dead uh uh yeah Mm. and um abdullah the butcherhead says uh speaking of tna wonder if madison rain put together jade's match she velvet sky and angelina love were so great as tna's the beautiful people um, I think Madison Rain her her credit. I feel like a part of the women's division being better is her being there and coaching and the stuff she's doing behind the scenes. Yeah, I mean, I, I could probably find out who produced that match. Uh, I didn't ask. Um, Hala Basana says, "My bet after Rampage Monet video appearance on Wednesday." I mean, look, it's L.A. Man, this is one of the biggest most historic venues in the history of venues the fabulous kia forum um like it's one of those when you just look at an aerial shot of la and you see the that red building with the white pillars like you know that is the kia forum when you see it of course it wasn't the kia forum before a year ago but uh it was the fabulous forum 
uh, Corey yeah, David great, says. Great Western Forum. I don't know, man. It's just certain things that I'm looking at from this. Like the, you can hear the West Coast influences in her theme music. The fact that they're doing San Jose and that is a callback to her first big match with Charlotte in San Jose. Nah. I, yeah, where I, her best friend is. <laughs> I feel like. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Corey says, uh, where does Trinity go with Vince back? I mean, like he's not involved in creative, at least at the moment. So we shall see. Um, yeah, Corey also says. It, I was just going to say, I still think right. Naomi goes back regardless. Yeah. Is there anyone in NXT who could fit in AEW? Um, plenty. Uh, I, I, NXT's biggest fault is not its talent. It's it's the presentation of the show. Yeah, there, um, there are a bunch. I mean, right off the top of my head, uh, Nathan Frazier would be great over there. Um, he was there before he, he was there. Nathan exactly. Frazier. They, uh, and they let him main event that Tuesday Night Dynamite with Scorpio Sky. Um, yeah, I mean, Melo would be great over there. There are a few guys. Yeah. Apollo. Uh, Chicken Little Curry says, uh, keep up the great work. Uh, just want to say that Omega Okada team up in New Year's Dash was a great moment. Yeah, oh, yeah. K- Kenny's reaction to the coin drop. Like, I haven't seen the whole show, but I've seen that entrance. Listen, everything about it was great. I mean, I one of the greatest things I, I noticed from this and just how great Kenny is at storytelling is that uh, he told us in the build-up in the trios tournament that he's not a good guy again. And, you know, um, maybe he'll get back to doing singles title stuff. Maybe he'll get back to that belt collector stuff because the belt collector stuff died when he lost to Hangman. But you know what's for- interesting, by the way? So Kenny is officially a babyface in the sense that um, on the – like in AEW, on the rundowns, on the cards, he is marked as babyface. But Brian Danielson's also marked as heel. And I think that's interesting as well. Uh, I'm literally, if I pull up um, a run sheet, which I do have one. uh, Where's the last one I had? Yeah, let's see. Brian Danielson is still listed as a heel. And, of course, that determines what side you guys come out of. The the wrestlers, when they enter, they know where they're marked. Brian Danielson has been coming out of the heel tunnel since... He turned heel last year and hasn't stopped coming out of the heel tunnel. Uh, even at, with Blackpool Combat Club, everybody else comes out the babyface tunnel. He comes out of the heel. Um, and that's because as far as he's listed on the cards, he is still listed as a heel. Um, but the Bucks and Kenny, babyfaces. They are marked straight up babyface. There's, as far as the structure of the show is concerned, no question where they're supposed to be aligned. Yeah, so... It's just interesting things that I watched him do for two days. I He came out at, at, at Wrestle Kingdom, and he healed it up for most of that match. Um, and, then, and then after the match was over, he did that press conference. He had that deranged look in his face with the black eye, and he was sitting there with the belt, and I was just like, Bell Collector's back, baby. You could see it I mean, all it, over it, his it, face. Hey, it's, uh, I should have known because the graphic on his Tron – did say the words belt collector came across and i was just yeah, like belt, belt collector's back he got that first taste of singles wrestling again and gold again and i was just sitting watching him um as okada's entrance he watched okada through his entire entrance with that big grin on his face and then when he got next to him he's sitting there staring at his belt yeah even after the match and they had one the referee handed him both help belts if you notice omega handed okada the belt I'm just saying, I think Omega Okada will happen this year, man. 
Loster Mill says, do you think Sheeta will be involved in the match? And if so, that uh, be Sheeta and a partner versus the other two teams, or she should she join a team? Um, I mean, I don't think she'll be involved in the match. I think that um, any type of change would happen uh, before. Um, there's a, a few other things I, I want to read here. Mr. CJ Lilly says, DC split from Bailey and turn faces soon. I don't think soon. Um, this is Bailey's one of this faction for a while. Uh, Brent Lockman says, I trust TK, but I don't want to see Tony Storm get Rey Mysterio out of the building. That can't happen. I worry about that. And that's why I'm going to um, throw the question out that I have, and I will adjust percentages based on that. But right now, 60 uh, Dream Ninja says, maybe they filmed Sheeta beating up Tony in a public place or something. It feels really bad to do something on Dynamite before the match. Maybe. maybe. It depends on how they do it. Because, uh, I mean, just talking about the fact, I know what they meant, that she was there at Rampage last night and didn't do anything. Um, what about the front row seats Britt gave Soraya? Now there's starting to be a question again. I am seeing people talk about that and the fact that there's still those tickets. Uh Pro Wrestling Podcast says, going to Chipotle. You guys want anything? Yes, please. Give me a, a burrito bowl um, with every fucking thing because I am <laughs> starving. I have not eaten today. Uh, Anime Otaku says, uh, in addition to my suggestion on dad, Stokely should return as Jade's publicist for when the streak snaps. He'd be Heyman's reaction to Taker versus Brock. Uh, I mean, look, I, I love the idea we talked about on Ask Rhapsody of Jade losing at 50. So she'd become 49 and 1, but she thinks 50 is such a foregone conclusion that she has all the balloons and pyro and shit ready. And she, like, tells all the stagehands before the match, get ready, hit it as soon as the match is over. And when she loses, all of it still hits and like she gets like it needs to be like a flash pen, like a roll up or something um, where she unexpectedly loses and all the stuff falls. And she's like, no, 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 no. And, but the graphic says 49 and one and it's congratulations on 50 and it's a humiliating moment. But at the same time, do you hear the reaction last night? People don't want to boo her. They are into Jade now. She's going to get the 50 wins, buddy. It's, it's yeah. Fun. Uh, I, I, but all at the same time, and I feel like they're like piling them on very quickly because she's what 48 no now, so she only needs two more. Um, let's see. Jeff Gator says, uh, got to see Swerve perform after AEW on Wednesday. The crowd that showed up was the most unique audience I've seen at a rap show. Glad AEW finally came to Pacific Northwest. Uh, yeah, he had a concert after, uh, so that was the cool thing about again, AEW. Shows on the West Coast, especially when it's just Dynamite without Rampage. This shit gets out at 7. You have the rest of your fucking day. <laughs> the rest of your fucking night to do things. So, yeah, in Seattle, they had a, a concert and people showed up to that. and So, that's a, that's a really cool thing. Um, and I think I'm going to keep us caught up on the Super Chats for right now. Because. Uh, oh, uh, this one from Black Phoenix Brand. Uh, this he says three things. One, Vince is a real life supervillain. Two, Will being a Criss Cross fan further confirms he and I are multiverse variants of each other. And do you guys have wrestling bucket lists? And if so, what's on them? Wrestle Kingdom is on my bucket list, and I had so much FOMO watching the show this year 
that uh, I'm feeling like, God damn it, next year I have to go. Um, crisscross. Of course I'm a crisscross fan. People not, did I not like put that out there before Day After Dynamite? That like when I had the braids when I was a kid, that was because of crisscross. Uh, that I, um, are you kidding me? Totally crossed out. I know that album front to back, side to side. Love every little piece of that album. Um, and I did have uh, The Bomb as well, second album. And then I thought Young, Rich, and Dangerous was going to be their like big comeback. And uh, I liked Young, Rich, and Dangerous. They had the, the remix of Tonight's Tonight, Red Man. And then it just didn't happen. But yes, a big crisscross fan. Uh, wrestling bucket list, of course, Wrestle Kingdom is on my bucket list. Um, I've still never been to a Mania, uh, but I feel like uh, Wrestle Kingdom is higher on my bucket list than Mania. Um, I still want to go to a stardom show in Japan. Um, that's still something I want to do. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. I, I mean, I've got other stuff on my bucket list that I'm blanking on, but those three things for sure. You've never been to a Mania. That's super interesting. I didn't know that. I think... Um Wrestle Kingdom's definitely on mine. Going to Japan will be super dope. And I haven't been to, I don't be really watching those guys over there, but I've never been to a Royal Rumble, so I think that'd be super cool to check out. I have. I've been to Mania and I've done Rumble, so, like, uh, I don't know. All of that does sound cool. Um, and, yeah, the... Okay, I got to get caught up on these Humper Chats because they're falling off the screen. And unless somebody shows me how, I don't know how to get them once they're gone. So if I missed yours, I'm really, really sorry. Uh, because I'm starting to see, we got so many. So I'll start with Kells. Kells says, uh, quality being so high. Uh, but, oh, yeah, okay, we talked about that one. Good. So that's the last one that's on the screen. We did read that one. Thank you, Kells. Kells, we caught up. Yes. Uh, so, but that's like the last one. Everything above that, that's the one at the bottom of the screen. So if I don't get to the rest of them, they're going to fall off. Um, but Pedro says, happy Saturday, Grapsity. I got to say, um, the Pacific Northwest really went off this week with Dynamite Rampage. TK needs to come back with a pay-per-view in the future. We are hungry for more. I mean, you guys, you guys showed that you deserve those shows. I think the West Coast is going to just be lit this year with wrestling like you guys get wrestlemania in la like it's gonna be you guys get revolution this is a time for west coast pro wrestling not the and for them too um but it's it's gonna be a good time uh raj says hey in july i was getting evicted now i'm in a new place with a roommate who loves wrestling as much as i do thanks grap city for being the best thank you for thinking we're the best raj because um i appreciate that always joseph snurk says if aw is gonna be turning sheeta heel and they clearly are uh psycho heel yuka would be uh perfect for a potential team or stable that kind of goes with what the guy was saying earlier though anyone who's seen yuka in uh tokyo joshi pro knows how much of a lunatic she can be Tyrone says, Grapsity, in my opinion, I like Monet's finisher. It's something new to bring to the table, and with a decent amount of New Japan AEW people, she can hit it successfully. Plus, she can still use the bank statement in case of emergency. Also, uh, for the guys, especially Reg, 
Um, I want to shout out Keita Murray as someone you guys should look into. He's an excellent talent that's based out of Cali. He's done a couple of New Japan Strong matches and has a ton of potential. I wish him the best as I used to train with him. Uh, Keita's dope. Yeah, Keita's super dope. He used to have this all that gimmick, and then he changed it, and he's uh, really leveled up. And since he's been doing work in New Japan Strong, he's been... What does all that gimmick mean? Like he had like, uh, like uh, you know, all that. Like he would have the, you know, Nickelodeon. The little, okay, uh, yeah, I was hoping that's what you meant. Was like was. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's an all that gimmick. <laughs> he came out with orange soda. Will, come on. <laughs> that's well, Kenan and Kel. No, it's Good yeah, Burger yeah, that no, you would. All right. Uh, so. Ricardo says, any idea why AEW isn't actively promoting the Phoenix show on 222? I've seen them promote the show before and after. It worries me that I'm going to a show that won't matter. Oh, no, you're going to a show that matters. Um, I know they... Here's the rule of thumb when it comes to AEW shows that matter. Um, When AEW is going to a major venue, they usually give it three months lead time. When they're going to a smaller venue, um, it's two months lead time. Phoenix got three months. Um, they're playing at the Suns Arena. This is not a small show for them at all. And it's the first time in Phoenix. It's the first time deal for them. They put this one up well in advance. And you're still a month and a half off. That's the reason you're not seeing a whole lot of huge promotion for it. But they started selling those tickets way early. And no, I think they're fairly... That that's going to be a bigger one, and attendance on it. I think the sales are pretty high for an AEW show. They're in like the six thousand. So, speaking of shows that had high attendance, by the way, Black Phoenix Brand says, uh, "I was at SmackDown last night. Memphis is another starved wrestling city because we only get one show per year from WWE. Tony Khan, Memphis misses AEW. Yeah, they haven't been back to Memphis since uh, what was that? Twenty twenty, I want to say it was." Um, it says, it'll be three years tomorrow, uh, I guess I'm right, uh, since Dynamite was last year. In the words of Pastor Troy, we ready. Um, yeah, shout out to Memphis for getting that uh, whoop that trick uh, chant going during Sonya versus Charlotte. Didn't I expect that? And I laughed legitimately hard at that. I mean, it surprised me every time WWE fans haul out whoop that trick because, like, obviously it's something that, you know, Grizzlies fans have attached to. But the fact that... Because the first time I, I, I posted the history of Whoop That Trick in WWE on my Twitter yesterday, and it's just because I remembered it, but um, it was March of 2006, nearly eight months after Hustle & Flow came out, that the first Memphis crowd at WWE chanted Whoop That Trick. Entirely organic. Nobody was egging them on to do it. It was just literally Whoop That Trick just sparks up. And I was floored because as somebody who was a big fan of Hustle & Flow when that came out, uh, and again, this was so I didn't see Hustle and Flow in theaters. Um, I ended up Netflixing it, and when I mean, say Netflix in 2006, I'm referring to receiving a DVD in the mail and <laughs> watching it <laughs> and sending it back. Uh, but so that was how I watched Hustle and Flow at the time. But I watched it like multiple times after it, it after it was over. And so when the WWE fans started chanting "Whoop that trick." Uh, I was like, oh, shit, this like really caught on. Damn, this is great. And then they went back to Memphis five months later. And this time, WWE got kind of corny with it where they were trying to encourage it. Where I don't know if you remember what Trish Stratus had that backstage segment. She's like, you know what I'm going to do tonight? 
I'm gonna whoop that trick. What are you gonna do? I'm gonna whoop that trick. And and I was like, uh, it was cool when like it happened organically with the Memphis crowd. Not as cool when you have. And look, I love Trish Stratus, one of my faves. Also, an extremely white lady who sounds corny as hell, saying, trying to tell people, whoop that trick, stop it. Uh, mm-hmm. And like it's happened in WWE crowds since, but it's always, but most, I mean, it always happens in Memphis, but it is just a straight up Memphis thing. And I love that. That's not even like the primary song from the movie, but it's the chant that lasted, right? Hard out here for a pimp is the the song of the movie, but yeah, I mean, come on, man, light skin legend uh, Terrence Howard <laughs> made that a thing. <laughs> you think, come on, man, beat that trick, whoop that <laughs> trick, on, got, got me acting bucking shit. <laughs> uh, if if you're watching this and you've never seen. Um, Jamie Foxx roast Terrence Howard. Oh my God, Jamie Foxx! <laughs> One of the funniest things I've ever seen in my entire life, man. Is this, is this yeah. the same guy that played the same guy in every movie? Hustling flow. What's going on with all this hustling flow, man? I'm just saying. What's going on with all this Iron Man, man? <laughs> yes, Ray. What's going on with Ray, man? I'm just playing. <laughs> One of the funniest things ever. Uh, I love it. Yeah, no, Jamie Foxx. I mean, his Donald Trump is really good too, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so as far as Memphis is concerned, yeah, because AEW never hit Memphis proper. They hit, uh, what was it? Correct me. I don't remember the name of it, but it's a city right outside of Memphis. It was technically in Mississippi, if I remember correctly. Um, and I cannot for the life of me remember the name of the city, but the chat's going to remember. Um, I can just Google it really quick. But, uh, God, what was it? Damn it. It's, it's going to drive me nuts. Mississippi is... Uh, South Haven. Whew. Thank you. South Haven, Mississippi. Was it? Uh, <laughs> wasn't, quite, wasn't quite Memphis, but I guess it's like 30 minutes outside Memphis. And so they were calling it Memphis. Like they brought in the legends of Memphis um, and all of that. But it wasn't Memphis at all. And it also, the tickets didn't sell very well for that event at all. Like, that's the thing is, if AEW comes to your city for the first time and you burn them on not showing up, they are not coming back. I, that much I have noticed. <laughs> like, they have not been back to Salt Lake City. Uh, and I don't think it, they're even, like, considering Salt Lake City. Corpus Christi, Texas, not, uh, they have not been back there. And they have not been back to South Haven, Mississippi. And I think a big piece of it is... You know, if they get like a second bad turnout, that could just be, you know, maybe we came back too soon. But when we go the first time and it's mm-hmm. nobody showed up, I don't think that city's getting them again. Like I worry about Dayton, Ohio. Dayton, Ohio tickets are in the dumpster right now. That's like one of their worst ones right now. Uh, Dayton, Ohio is looking really bad. And uh, what is the other one? Laredo, Texas looks really bad as well. Um, so they still have a couple of shows that aren't hidden, but the rest are, are doing pretty good. So let's talk. Vinnie Mac, baby. No chance in hell. We talked five weeks ago on this show. Are you, uh, do you got your apology ready? I got to apologize for nothing. I said. What is, what is that about? I missed that whole thing. Doesn't matter. was deleted. But uh, I I said... 
on this show. I laid out the scenario. I said that um, if Vince wants to come back, the only thing that could be done to stop it is convincing him not to. And if you saw the letter that was sent to Vince, they tried. They absolutely tried. And uh, he responded, LOL, no. And that was was his entire response to that request to not return. Um, Vince McMahon, it was, uh, they put out a press statement. Vince McMahon is returning to the board. He assured, um, he assured stockholders, he assured everybody. And there was a meeting this week that said that uh, 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 they basically told the roster, look, nothing's changing in day-to-day, but Vince is coming back, uh, and Vince basically ultimatum the company. He said that uh, he, you know, they've got TV rights deals coming up, They're going, and that's the biggest stream of revenue WWE has. Um, they're going to be renegotiating Raw's TV deal, SmackDown's TV deal, all of that. And he said, you cannot uh, negotiate a new TV rights deal without me. And also, mm-hmm. if the company wants to sell, um, can't be done Not without me. me. So and there he is. is. Uh, with, uh, with his percentages as a shareholder, he has the rights to do that. That was always the thing. That's and what that I said. Al- <laughs> that was always why it was going to be hard to just completely shut him out of everything because it's his company, literally. Um, and he changed the bylaws, by the way, because that wasn't uh, – he changed the bylaws to basically state that these deals can't be done without me. Yeah, it's literally his company. He has the largest percentage as a shareholder. This is this is where we're at. We're always going to have this fight. And um, – the reason why I said when we talked about it earlier in the show that uh, I have had the feeling that he's been a part of creative in some way. I'm not ins- insinuating that he has been completely running um, creative. Are you saying he's got his headset on from home like we do? Just sitting I, there with the I, mic I, at I, his desk? I, <laughs> yeah, I, I just wouldn't be surprised if he's had notes and stuff and he's had input. I wouldn't be surprised at all by that. Uh, because what are you going to do? You're going to tell him no? Um, and so, yeah, it's just a tough spot and Oh, did I cringe at that press release and how he was... Everything about it was just like, with everything that's going on, the reasons he's had to step down um, and and the controversy around it for him to just be like, nope, I think I'm just going to come back to work. And it's like... But, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's bad because I'm sure, you know, because stock went up yesterday, correct? Huge, like 28%. That's... Great for now in the short term, but uh, who's to say there won't be more controversy around this guy to come back out? And we've got him linked to the sell of the company or linked to anything else. It's going to look bad. Um, It's not good. Uh, Everything about this is very cringe-inducing. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's there's, There's a lot to unpack out of this. So... He's back, right? Like, the fact is he is back in play, um, and he's not acting CEO. That's important. He is not um, Nick Khan and Stephanie McMahon, still co-CEOs of the company. Um, What's his official title? I think executive chair. Correct me if I'm wrong, chat. But 
And he says he believes in the management team that's in place right now, and he will not interfere with the goings-on as far as WWE is concerned. He's here to basically facilitate the money. Um, and, you know, they have uh, big TV deals coming up, right? Like, uh, there's word that uh, – there's rumors going around that the Fox deal that Fox may not renew, um, that Fox wants to, but that uh, WWE may – seek elsewhere that they may want all of their shows under one umbrella um that if nbc were to pick up smackdown instead then that puts all the shows under comcast and that puts them in a better position to buy it because now comcast has raw they have smackdown literally no wwe programming would exist outside of comcast they also have all the pay-per-views on peacock then they can just turn around and go now we're buying the company and they have no outside money to deal with in in that regard um, there's that aspect of it. There's also a lot of worry amongst talent. I know that talent was assured that nothing would change in the day-to-day. But WWE did just hire J.P. Morgan, announced this morning, um, to help facilitate the sale. When you're looking to sell anything, folks, what is one of the things you typically want to do to make it more attractive? That rhetorical Anybody? question? No, I'm asking. Uh, what what is the thing? Because it's a thing that's got a lot of talent worried. I've spoken to two wrestlers in particular who are worried about it. Uh, uh, you cut you the layoffs, fat. baby. You gotta mm-hmm. cut the fat. You gotta make it mm-hmm. look attractive financially. And, and it so, sure seemed like they were doing that last year uh, before yeah. Triple H yeah. took over. Right. Mm-hmm. You've got to, and everybody in the chat, you gotta cut costs. And so I know that that's a thing talent's worried about, that they're saying nothing's going to change in the day-to-day. But what that's supposed to mean is that nothing's going to change as far as the creative process is concerned, as far as the way the show is run. But that doesn't necessarily mean that nothing's going to change in terms of, well, we're preparing to sell this company, so we may have to let some people go to make this a more attractive buy. Um, And... I, I know there's talent worried about that. I know there's talent kind of on edge about the fact that they're going to want to cut some costs. They're going to want to trim some fat. And uh, what does that mean? A lot of those guys that Hunter hired back, you know, if they're not working out, what's going to stop them from suddenly going, okay, get out because mm-hmm. we got to, we got to, this has got to be a lean roster right now to make this attractive to a company, to make this attractive to anybody. Mm-hmm. Because that was essentially, and you know, the, the hard part to me is, I don't know why you would want WWE owned by a big media company. I don't know why you would want professional wrestling owned by a big media company. Because we've only seen that one time. Mm-hmm. And that was WCW. Like, for any comparisons people want to make to WCW for anybody, that's the comparison, is that WCW was owned by Warner, uh, Time Warner at the time, specifically. So Time Warner was no longer just a media rights company. They weren't just paying for the rights to air it the way Comcast is right now, the way Fox is right now. Time Warner wholly owned the company. And... 
in doing so, Time Warner was on the hook for all of those contracts. Time Warner was on the hook for production. Time Warner was on the hook for a lot of stuff. So at that point, um, in company restructuring, like I saw a list of companies that were potentially going to buy. And when I saw Warner Brothers Discovery as a potential buyer, I thought, what are they just listing companies that exist? Because like Warner Brothers Discovery, take AEW out of the equation, not even talking about them in that sense. I'm talking about it in the sense of Warner Brothers Discovery, literally their CEO just said their bottom line right now is cutting costs, buying a multi-billion dollar company and incurring all of their costs. It they sounds like it sounds like a colossal mistake because at that point, if yeah. Warner Brothers Discovery buys them, because the response to that would be, well, WWE makes a lot of money. Where does WWE make their money from? Their TV rights deals. If Warner Brothers Discovery owns WWE and can no longer have the kind of TV rights deals, like if they're so, it depends. If Warner Brothers Discovery were to buy WWE and put it on their own networks, massive mistake, right? Because now you no longer have TV rights money. Now you're talking about. Um, like impact essentially airing it yourself which was what killed wcw because wcw never had a tv rights deal wcw was simply aired on time warner networks like if they still owned it and then licensed it out to um say nbc universal then that is a a, a good revenue stream that you could look at and that could make money but is that going to make back the cost of the company i don't think so um i don't think warner brothers discovery is actually in play there uh if you I think the, the main suitors that people have been talking about, um, Comcast is obviously the leading one. I think Comcast has already has the structure in place for pro wrestling. I know people have talked about Amazon buying it. Amazon doesn't really have that structure in place. Um, that'd be kind of a new venture for them. But they've shown uh, a desire to want to build those new ventures. They bought MGM. They bought, uh, they have those NFL rights. It, like they want to start producing, they want, they've already been producing movies, but now like they own the rights to James fucking Bond now. Um, Amazon does. So that is a possibility. I think it's Comcast personally. Um, there is one other option that has a lot of people worried. Um, because of a an article that came out, and I, I want to pull this article up just to um, make sure I'm quoting everything properly. But uh, most specifically, it was from Front Office Sports. Now, Front Office Sports is a site that is known for having WWE stuff, um, WWE leaking things to them directly. Um, Front Office Sports, you may recall, uh, last or summer of 2021, ran the Nick Gage Domino story that was fed to them by WWE, um, and <laughs> <laughs> um, all of those details. But again, uh, so big rumor that Saudi Arabia's public investment fund. Uh, might be interested in buying WWE, which would make WWE as a whole owned by Saudi Arabia. And um, and at that point, uh, the they would have a huge revenue stream out of uh, Comcast NBC and a huge revenue stream out of Fox. That would be... That would be god awful. Uh, 
I think that uh, when people talk about the thing that will get people to possibly stop watching, I think that's it. I think that would be me pulling up and saying, nope, I don't think I can watch this anymore. If it's owned by the Saudi government, mm, nope. No thanks. And I mean, it, is it the, the Saudi government or is it is it the same uh, that, that started the partnership with them for the Vision 2020 thing? Is it, is it the same organization? So we're going to pull up the article, Front Office Sports. And um, so it talks about how uh, Live Golf uh, might be only the beginning. Saudi Arabia's public investment fund is emerging as a possible bidder for WWE. Yeah, if the promotion puts itself up for sale, sources told Foreign Office Sports. Um, PIF controls about $620 billion in assets. Vince's sports uh, entertainment company could be the next possible step in its global sports expansion. So I saw somebody in the, um, the, uh, the chat say, well, the article only says they have the money. But they were also told by sources that it's impossible. Like, that's the piece that I think is missing there. That... Uh, Again, it's entirely possible. Um, obviously, WWE has been willing to do business with Saudi Arabia, and it's been a very lucrative relationship for both sides for the last uh, five years. Um, like, Greatest Royal Rumble was 2018. Like, we're going on five years of this relationship. And so this isn't uh, a, I guess, shocker to me. It's more so just kind of unfortunate. But, yeah, yeah. The, the fact is... Um, Somebody else is going to own WWE, my thinking, by... Uh, so my thought was it was going to take years for this to, to go through, but I'm thinking it may go sooner. Um, obviously, I think... Not to go through. Uh, I think to begin the initial transaction. Obviously, the closing of the transaction is going to take a much longer time. Um, but I think the suitor will be found by the end of this year. That's my thought. Um, yeah. There, there's so much, uh, so much to take in about this because... I know he's specifically saying, oh, I won't have anything to do with creative, but bro, um, back in July, you were completely out, and that was the thing. So we were taking you at your word that you were out, and now you're back. What's to say a year from now, you're just like, yeah, I think I'm just going to step back in in creative as well, or a few months from now. And so I think that's what people has people worried is that, you know, if you say one thing and then you're back, in this capacity was to stop you from being back in other capacities. Yeah, I, I don't fucking buy it. I think that, um, uh, I think Vince books WrestleMania. That's my, <laughs> uh, you want my bold 23 prediction? I think Vince books WrestleMania. I think so too. Oh. I don't think he's coming. I can't, I can't get behind him just coming back and not being behind Kurt. That doesn't make sense to me. This is the wild, uh, it was the wildest story of 20. 22 and it's immediately the wildest story of 2023 i think i mean vince retiring was crazy but wwe being sold to somebody else just i mean i know it's been talked about for so many years but i never thought it would get to this point and the most interesting thing to me is like does vince think all the people that he's going to be having these meetings with don't have the internet like they don't, they haven't seen that he's a. Oh, the, these are the, no, these these damn billionaires. That, business with this disgusting person. They don't give a shit about any of that, Reg. They don't care. This they is care about money. Yeah, they care about the money. Like all of that is. I mean, if you mean, um, yeah, if you mean what Elon Musk, I get it. Yeah, I get it. 
Like, I know they're worried about the public's perception, but as far as sitting in a room with this man, these motherfuckers all do this shit too. Like, that's the thing is, um, the most they're worried about is the the public backlash. But as far as any actual aversion to Vince, no. Um, that said, this sucks. This sucks in the sense that uh, having Vince back in play, I think, sends a really bad message to everybody. To me, it sends a bad message to a lot of the women in the locker room, um, who I think you know. Obviously, we've had women speak out against Vince, um, both in a public and private manner. I think that Vince being shown the door initially sent a message of that will not be tolerated in this company. Yeah. And I think to basically now be like, well, actually there's nothing we could do about this. Uh, kind of yeah. backpedals yeah. on that message. And I think it, I think it does. And like, we talked five weeks ago about how these stories leaking um, weren't a coincidence, or leaking when they did. Because if you look at the letters that were uh, sent back and forth, when you look at the dates on them, it was I think it was December 10th where it was stated that uh, this letter to Vince from the board that said, we have concerns about you returning, particularly around matters that haven't been made public yet. Um, and uh, we don't believe this is in the interest of the company. I was sent around December 10th. And then uh, Vince basically followed up, I think it was December 29th, with tough shit i'm coming back mm -hmm. and uh thinking about when that wall street journal article came out last month about vince wanting to return that goes hand in hand with the time of their response so that means that vince had already in had already made it wasn't just talking about returning vince had told the board he was returning at that point it just hadn't been public yet the wall street journal article wasn't just referring to hearsay they were referring to no, Vince is coming back. And then in that same article drop, the Wall Street Journal article also detailed new allegations, which goes hand in hand with what they were saying about information that hasn't been made public yet. That was that information that had been made public yet. As in, we're aware of other allegations. We, the board, are. And uh, we are now giving this to the, like they they gave that to the Wall Street Journal. They did what they could to try to prevent Vince's comeback, and what they did was gave them more information. It didn't stop anything, but at the same time, there's still more out there, and I'm still I'm sure there's even more. Like think about the fact that Vince was doing this this long tells me that this was a this was serial activity, right? Um, and that you know they finally caught up to him, but he didn't do anything about it. He didn't stop. Um, yeah, uh, but that's why when he retired the way he did, I felt like that was the that was a telltale sign that there was more stuff that could come out. And they were like, look, we're giving you the opportunity to step down with grace and, you know, have your retirement and, you know, we can move on from this. And now um, it feels like he's very clearly not going to do that, which tells me that more and more stuff will be made public. Um well, yeah. now it's not in the interest to do so. Like uh, already there's three board members out. And of course, George Berrios and uh, Michelle, what's her butt are now both in there. And so um, 
that is uh, it's not in the company's interest any longer now that he's there. It was in the company's interest to leak that stuff to keep him from coming back. But now the board, like, well, shit, now this, again, that was something to prevent him from coming in. Now he's here. Now it's no longer in our interest to have that stuff out there. So now it's just shit that's out there making our executive chairman look like shit and makes our company look bad. But so, they're going to do business. So, but I mean, when I say that, you know, more stuff will come out, I, I feel like the, the stuff that is out there, I don't think that stuff will go away and I don't think that there will stop being stories to corroborate it. Um, that's what I mean. Not saying that stuff will come directly from the company, but I do think that, you know, there will be more, um, you know, people willing to come forward with stuff to corroborate those stories. Yes. Um, by the way, Tim Gordon says, uh, Big Brain Barrios is the real Triple B. Man, look. That man, uh, forehead. I mean, that is like a seven <laughs> head for one. But like, I... I <laughs> Every time I see a picture of him, I think it's photoshopped, and I'm like, "Man, why are y'all doing that to that man's forehead?" And I'm like, "No, nope, that's real. That's uh, that's just. I mean, look, it's 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 big brain. It's just, there is clearly a lot going on up there, and uh, good for him. Uh, let's see. Hala says, uh, "The think the lack of reper repercussions for Dana White played into Vince's decision to go for it. I don't think it played into his decision. I think just in general, I think it's more lack of repercussions for um, billionaires at that level in general. And that, bro, this picture is photoshopped. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Look at this guy's head, man." <laughs> <laughs> Um, As I told you, every time I see it, I'm like, nah, stop, stop doing that to that man. That man, he don't deserve that. And oh then, oh my god, <laughs> yeah, um, mm, yeah, I don't. <laughs> no, this is the one. This is the one I see every time that I'm like, nah, that's Photoshop. Like that's not real. That's a lot of forehead, man. <laughs> that is a lot of forehead, my guy. Big brain. <laughs> big brain. Hey, that's big brain barriers, man. That's that's it. Hilarious. Ooh. Um so <laughs> uh but he's yeah. back. He's back in the company. Um, I, I can't believe nah. they're still going forward with power slap, by the way. That sounds Yeah, that's crazy. like that's crazy as that hell. is while I thought that for sure we just weren't gonna see it. I mean like It'd be one thing if, you know, Dana White was seen on camera slapping his wife and he was debuting a TV show called, like, Frolic in the Woods, right? Mm -hmm. Like Frolic in the Woods. <laughs> like, you know, maybe you could let it happen. But the fact that the show is power slap, it's literally about slapping people. And the thing that Dana White was seen doing was slapping his spouse Unreal. I thought for certain that that was like the end of it. And um, because like, yeah, you're sending a massively bad message. But yeah. well, nope. It's delayed a week, but otherwise it's happening. 
Rich white man, they can do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, that's true. Uh, let's see. The We got some other super chats on this matter. Uh, but look, as far as the environment WWE is concerned, again, I know the roster has been told. Don't worry. But they have every reason to, especially with the sale. I think um, if if you think that creative is the only thing people are concerned about, um, like you're way off base. Uh, that's not the concern. It's job security at this stage. Like obviously, Roman Reigns ain't got nothing to worry about, right? But um, uh, I think we could probably reach a point of seeing those release lists again. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I never, I, I didn't think they were going to stop releasing people anyway. Um, I, I figured they were going to release people eventually again anyway. Um, but this feels like we're going to head back to the state of things from, you know, 2020 and on where we were getting like these big. So uh, that was a big piece of it, right? Like in 2020, when everything, when we were getting these massive releases, uh, what was the speculation around that? It was, if I didn't know any better, I think they're cutting people to gear up to sell the company because yeah. why would you be trimming this much unless you were trying to lean out the roster and make it more attractive to a buyer? Right. Because whatever, because the buyer is going to have to incur all them contracts. <laughs> and so, yeah. therefore, um, you don't necessarily want to, uh, the less of them that they have to deal with, the better. Yeah. And then the and then it could be when they do make the sale that the new owners also want to trim the fat and they also want it because they come in and like damn I didn't know there was eighty contracts or however many fucking wrestlers they want we want to cut this shit in half like you don't know what they're gonna do on the other side of this it's scary yeah that's eighty contracts on SmackDown that's right <laughs> the, the, the... <laughs> uh, so it, it's gonna be an interesting time the on the creative side of things like am I worried I mean. Sure, but more than that, I think I'm more concerned for the people on the roster. That's really it for me is that um, I have friends in that company. Like, I know I talk a lot about friends in AEW, but I have friends in WWE as well. And uh, that, yeah, and, you know, I have, again, of course, I just mentioned a thing about narrowing down your field. (laughs) But I have friends who were just recently rehired. Like, that's, uh, that. I don't know. I, I have just concerns is all um and but the thing i want to talk about more than anything else guys 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 kenny omega it will fucking osprey <laughs> six star 6.25 stars baby mm-hmm. um i don't even have to like i knew melter was gonna go nuts on that one but you know what? Just I've watched it now three times because first time I was just like, whew, off the charts, this is good. And then Billy got up the next morning and Billy went, how was it? And I was like, you know what, Billy? I can't even give you words. Let's just throw it on. And we sat and we watched it again. Um, I actually watched it at the same time as uh, as Denise because uh, Denise didn't watch it live. So she was watching it and like texting me about it. And I just happened to have it on, and I'm like, hey, what a coincidence. I'm watching it, too, so I'm 
literally any notes that she has to say about it. Um, I'm like seeing right in front of me as it's happening. And so I rewatched it again. And then I'm like, one more time. I was bored yesterday and I just wanted to watch it again. <laughs> Three times I've watched it. And with all of that said, this is the best match of the decade. Uh, that's a that's a that's a high mark. I don't know if I would jump that far with it. That's a high mark. Um, <laughs> I mean, granted, it's ten only been years 20... of wrestling. Again. No, no, not uh, no, not the last ten years. I mean, the cr- decade. <laughs> I'm talking about 2020, 2021, 2022, and now 2023. There's not a better match from any of those years than this. And um... grant, and look, my favorite match ever is. Kenny Omega and man, Kenny, uh, go figure. It's Kenny Omega and Hangman versus the Young Bucks Revolution, which was 2020, and I think this was better. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I would jump into that, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I thought this was extremely good. I thought Wrestle Kingdom on a whole. Uh, I, I think you could uh, get into like the low period of in the middle of the show, um. But I feel like the last three matches of the show were very good. I mean, like I, I just talked about how great that junior heavyweight match was and just how great some of the build into that match was. But um, Kenny in Japan is just different. Just like the theatrics of Kenny in Japan, um, just how great his entrance was with the Sephiroth cosplay. And just I love Russell. Every time New Japan does this and it it, it pans around to behind a wrestler while, while they're walking down that long ramp and Kenny walking down that long ramp again. It's just so much nostalgia for it. And just like the fire coming up around him. It was just so awesome. And then we got Osprey not to be downplayed coming out and doing like the whole theatrics. And when it's grown across the screen, top the return of the assassin, I was like, is he going to dust off elevated and elevated came on? I was like, no fucking way. Come on, man. Like so many memories of elevated and the things that he did as a junior heavyweight and the stuff that made Osprey Osprey. Um, nah, this was great. And the match itself was just amazing. Just, Hey, really quick, by the way, um, I will say, uh, it's cause I know that probably sounded like an outlandish statement, but I decided to pull up cage matches, um, <laughs> rankings and average. I pulled up the all time highest rated cage match matches ever. What do you think the top five are? You could probably name them. Um, but uh, number five. Kenny is in three of the top three. five, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the top five matches ever on Cage Match are number five, uh, two out of three falls, Kazuchika Okada versus Kenny Omega. The seven-star match is at number five. At number four, Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay. Uh, <laughs> at number three, it's Kinta Kobashi versus Mitsuharu Masawa uh, from 2003. Um, and number two, it is Shibata versus Okada, uh, from what show was that at? That was, uh, at Sakura Genesis in 2017. And then at number one, it is Kenny Omega versus Kazuchika Okada at Wrestle Kingdom 11. That is the highest rated match on cage match. So the fact is, and that's with about the same amount of reviews, um, but Okada's Kenny Omega is in four out of the five matches. <laughs> yes, and Kenny is in three out of the five all-time highest-rated matches on Cage Match. But Omega Osprey is already at number four um, with 715 reviews. So it, it's going to be really hard to knock it down uh, because it's already got so many. 
but it's up there. Like, I'm not crazy. That was like, I walked away from that feeling like, you know, what was, you know, what I loved about it. Um, so it something Reg had said, uh, about the match. Reg mentioned how it was a fucking fight, right? Like if you put Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay on paper, you probably still would have said it's going to be a great match. Uh, but you know, it's it, they'll probably do the Will Ospreay thing. They'll probably do the Kenny Omega thing. We're going to see lots of flips. We're going to see lots of spots. Um, and I think I counted like two, maybe three flips in this match. But for the most part, no, this was, that was not this match. These two went out there and fucking fought. And it was great. And uh, I think that was the thing I really took away from this. Like, you know, it's going to be really hard. Next week, I have to do the Fightful Awards and talk about all the best stuff of 2022. Nothing I'll be talking about was as good as this. And that is, uh, that's not a knock against some of the great stuff. Because, man, we're going to be celebrating some great matches. The Briscoes, FTR, all that stuff. But man, Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay in a single situation and the story they were telling in the match. When people talk about storytelling, what I get, when I talk about storytelling, what I mean by that is I'm referring to getting a narrative out of in-ring action without a word needing to be said where I can understand the narrative. That to me is storytelling. And these two, I got the story of everything. Now granted, I've been following all of it, of course, but even just watching this, didn't need a video package, didn't need nothing. Knowing what was at stake, knowing that we've got a title on the line, Kenny's return, Will Ospreay feeling like he's got something to prove here and holding back Kenny, Kenny feeling like he's got something to prove here and Reminding everyone just who he is. The DDT on the uh, on the top rope to the exposed turnbuckle was the nastiest looking shit. Kenny's eye, the table spots. Kenny just ramming uh, Will's head through the table. The fucking the V triggers were on point. The one that he hit on the back of Will Ospreay's head was fucking crazy as hell. The Kreutz Wrath from the fucking top. Oh, like Osprey is that fucking guy, man. He can work like no Listen. one can work. He bumps like no one can fucking bump. He throws strikes like, like no like this shit was fucking Listen. top you, of the top. You, this is how you fucking do some professional wrestling. You, you guys know I'm a Rollins guy, and I, I think one of the reasons some WWE fans are still mad at Rollins to this day is when he was going back and forth with Osprey on Twitter. And um, a, a, a large part of that stuff I was fine with because it's just him, you know, waving the company flag and, you know, knowing that our company is better, I make more money than you. The one thing that he said in there that I thought was incredibly egregious, and I was just like, no, you're just wrong on that. Um, when he was like, we got one of you here, and it's Ricochet, and I was like, listen, I like Ricochet. He's one of the best high flyers ever. He ain't Osprey. <laughs> just period. Sorry, he's not Osprey. And and, and and I'm just like, because I feel like there there are two phases of Osprey. That are there's the junior heavyweight stuff that we saw, and there was the 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 era where him him and Ricochet were neck and neck. And there is heavyweight Osprey. Heavyweight Osprey is a different beast. Um, and the here. stuff that I watched him do in that match in Wrestle at Wrestle Kingdom, the stuff that I watched him do all of 2022. 
No, he's in a different lane. Um, and so, nah, man, I think uh, I don't. That, the reason why I didn't want to get into the is this the best of the decade? Because I am a big believer that you let time tell you what is the best match of the decade. Let's get to the end of the decade and see what other matches were there. I don't want to go four days or whatever after the match to go. This is already the best match of the decade. Um, but to me, I just feel like even beyond all of that, just for him to come back to the Dome on his first appearance in the Dome in, what, four years almost? Um, and put on an instant classic like this, this was amazing. Like I said, Omega in Japan is just different. Just the theatrics are different. The way he wrestles is kind of different. Don't get me wrong. He does wrestle and he do, does all the same spots. But just like him doing a wide-eyed stares into the camera, just like old Kenny. And, I mean, he, we've seen him do that in, in AEW, but it's just different, man. It just is. Um, it's just several things he did in this match story-wise, like building up to the Kamigoye because, of course, that is the brutal way that uh, Osprey beat Kota the last time Omega was in Japan, and he never got his revenge for that. I feel like this is the signal of Kenny coming back for everything in Japan. Um, not just uh, <laughs> not just not just the Osprey match, just everything about it. Um, I said on Twitter afterwards, just the timing of Jay White losing everything when Kenny is on his way back to Japan. Very great storytelling as well. An idea of him being in this um, loser leaves Japan match while Kenny is holding the IWGP US title, which he's the first champion, and that's the first singles title that Jay White won. He beat Kenny Omega for that belt. All of that stuff coming around full circle when Kenny is back in Japan is just great. I mean, the world looks very different if Kenny Omega does not sign with AEW in 2019. And he stays in Japan. Jay White's entire career for those three years looks totally different if Kenny Omega is still in Japan because that match in Madison Square Garden against Okada is probably his match. Um, everything else that he's cl- his claim of fame of being the catalyst is possibly Kenny Omega's. And so when you look at everything about this, not just him coming on and upstaging his match, by the way, <laughs> um, in the main event. I... Uh, I it was weird to even say the words out loud as I sat there, but to even utter the words, how do Jay White and Kazuchika Okada follow that? In any other universe, that would sound insane. But the fact is, like Kenny and Osprey did it. They, they killed and it. I, and I think it was intentional. And that's why I'm like, yo, there's just too much storytelling stuff to tell me that we're not getting to the Okada match. There's just too many, there's too many lines that they drew here. Um, that, I mean, yeah, I think he's going to eventually have this showdown with Jay White that's been building for years as well. Um, but just everything about this match, the way he beat Osprey, the story of Osprey, the, the last thing that he hasn't done. Yes, he beat Okada in that, in that, in that one-off match, but he hasn't beat him in the dome he hasn't had that big win on him yet it's the last thing he's done and just the story of osprey doing all these things as well while kenny was away and kenny going away but you never beat me you never topped me and him coming back right away and beating him instantly i know know. so i so there was a piece of me that thought you know what so like as you're watching the show you could see you know 
FTR had uh, on their Chiron says AEW. They're there representing AEW. Kenny Omega's Chiron says AEW. And so my thought with Kenny was he is there representing AEW. He is not here as a piece of New Japan. So like he's probably just here to you know pass the torch that you know give. So that's my thought. Almost the entire match is like here to give Osprey his moment. Didn't even consider until that one, two, three. No, it wasn't the one, two, three. It was the moment he hit the one-winged angel. And I knew he wasn't kicking out because I'm like, okay. I, anything I knew when else he hit I the Kamigoye, that it was over. When he hit the one-winged angel, and I'm like, okay. So this isn't just the story of coming back to put I over sat- the new generation. Will, I said on this podcast the, <laughs> the week before, and I told you that it made perfect sense for him to go there and beat him. I, I, everything I know, about but, it. But again, just, this was me thinking that Kenny, like ultimately, Kenny's story is still in AEW, that his story right. is still, like that's where his home base is. So therefore, like this is more so a passing of the torch moment. And no, this wasn't that at fucking all. No, <laughs> this was Kenny coming I, back for everything that he left behind. I I didn't believe that from the second he cut that promo at the crossover show, and he was sitting there popping shit in Jap- Japanese. I was like, nah, he's coming. He's coming to beat Osprey. He's coming for everything. <laughs> I knew it. And so when it was happening, and again when he hit the Kamagoya, I knew the match was over. Uh, right. But even afterwards, and just. Um, Osprey um, at the at the edge of the ring and and Kenny and, and Don are walking off with the belt and you could just see the story of Osprey like I've done everything you were gone for years this is my house now and and Kenny's just looking as he's walking away with that belt like no this is me I'm that guy <laughs> you are not me and I think the the story is leading to him going to Jay White and going you ain't me either bro sorry um and i mean he's really proven that night because he upstaged them and i'm not one of those guys that feels like that this should have been the main event because i feel like the right match main event at the show it needed oh, yeah. to be it needed to be okada winning the title and yeah. ending the show by giving tribute to enoki um mm-hmm. i feel like that was the right call but i feel like the story of all of this is there to build for the rest of the year because if we're not getting okada versus omega at forbidden door um or at some point in the U.S. this year, um, we're getting a big match with Omega by Wrestle Kingdom next year. There's going to be a story of him getting back to Japan next year and doing something big. And I don't even think it's that far away. I mean, he already said that he wants to defend that title in the U.S. and Japan. Um, of course, uh, uh, Cobb uh, challenged him on New, New Year Dash. Uh, that's probably going to happen soon. But he also said he wants to wrestle Desperado and Hiromo and Shingo because he hasn't wrestled Shingo in New Japan yet. Come on, man. Give me all those matches. Give me give me Omega doing what he was doing as belt collector and traveling the world and showing people he is the best fucking wrestler in the world. And if you think that he's not and you didn't see the Okada matches before, he's going to show you in 2023. Get ready. So for those people who have been following me longer than Grap City. No, I used to host uh, another show. And uh, if you still follow that other show, there's a couple of hosts on that show that um, are very anti-Kenny and anti-Young um, you know, Buck style wrestling, whatever. Uh, so 
Well, funny thing is, I actually reached out to Cody, who hosts that show, and what I said to him was, I want you to watch Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay, but I want you to keep all of your preconceived notions about what you think it's going to be. He hates, you know, flip style matches, all of that. And I said, keep your preconceived notions. I want you to go in thinking it's what you think it's going to be, and then tell me what you think when it's over. Um, and I said all that because... Again, if you, whatever type of match you thought this was going to be, no, and, and it is, it is, I don't know. I, I couldn't have been happier with professional wrestling that night. I just walked away like, you know what? I'm tired of shit. My whole sleep, everything is thrown off. It's going to be thrown off for a week, but I saw a match I'm going to be thinking about for a really long time. Um, you know what's funny is I, I know that um, Phil, you're kind of implying the the prisoner of the moment thing with me saying best of the decade. But I'll say this: I said after I watched the Revolution tag match, uh, the Bucks versus Kenny and Hangman, um, and that's still my favorite match in the sense that uh, I still feel like you know I like the New Japan atmosphere. Of course, I like Wrestle Kingdom, and I, li- I mean I like the the dome as an atmosphere. But at the same time, there's nothing like a rowdy Chicago crowd. Uh, and I still think that that, to me, adds to the experience. So that's why that's still my favorite, even if I think the best match was Kenny and um, and Osprey. But the thing is, it's been three years now. And after I walked away from that Revolution Tag match, I said, that's my favorite match, like, ever. And it's been three years. And in those three years, none of that changed. Like, at, at, in the moment, I was like, yes, it's very good. Maybe I'm being a prisoner of the moment. But with each passing match I saw, I could say, man, I really enjoyed that. But my favorite is still this one. And I think right now, I haven't walked away from a match feeling as good about it in the last three, four years as I did Kenny and uh, Osprey. And I still feel like it's going to be, a, I mean, unless something crazy tops it. it it would be a long time before i do but right now like that is my i mean yeah. it's easy it's easy to say match of the year right because the year just started but what i mean though is that like that is definitively above everything i saw last year i it's gonna be tough for anything else this year to top that i mean yeah. everything about it just the the presentation going into the match osprey's fucking promos the night before in that press conference where he's just like you don't get to belittle what i did because you weren't here and I feel like that goes into the story that we're telling for the match so well. I mean, nah, this was top tier wrestling. And and again, him doing all that, then coming back the next night at New Year Dash and standing next to Okada. New Japan is back, man. I'm just ready to say it. Yep. New Japan is back. I mean, not just with everything. Mercedes out there as well. New Japan is back, buddy. All right, we got to wrap, and let's get through the rest of the Super Chats. Um, DNC says, the internet lied to me about OGK. Uh, I'm not sure if you mean positively or negatively. Uh, Also, what about the possibility that AEW house shows are co-sponsored cards with larger indies? That would be a good way to do it. I don't know if that's what Jeff's thinking, but that's a really great idea. Um, I had that same thought of, you know, AEW already works with a lot of indies. What if they do just, like, do co-promoted cards? And it kind of worked those as house shows. But at the same time, I know that they want to sell the... The idea is to sell the AEW brand to markets that don't necessarily know the AEW brand. 
um, and so or that aren't to expose it to more. I, and I think that's ultimately the idea. So I don't know that that's going to work. Um, Brent says, hearing way too much. Don't worry. He's not going to be involved in creative and not enough, but he's a sex pest. I guess that's how yeah. it goes, huh? It, that's, that's very true. And that, that was yeah. the, the, the piece. That, and and I, I hope I did get enough of that out talking about my worry for a lot of the, the women on the roster in particular. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, because that is really the concern. Drew says he's going to hire Johnny L. back to fire everyone due to budget cuts. Yikes. You know, it's not personal. It's budget. Um, I, I, I also am thinking, though, on, on the New Japan stuff, we need to update on Coda soon because, come on, man, Kenny versus Coda has to happen soon. Like, I, I feel like I, I, we need that match very soon. Derek Gordon says, Vince just playing coy right now till he figured out who Triple H been leaking all this dirt on him. Maybe. Uh, yeah, all I mean, this is, it's just very uncomfortable, man. All this Vince stuff is super uncomfortable. Jared says Ezra Miller and Vince can't be canceled. Insane. I mean, I think Ezra Miller would have been canceled if they hadn't filmed this multi-million-dollar movie starring him. But have you seen that report where they're like they're basically out on almost everybody else in the in the Justice League um, cast? But it seems like they're still open to working with him, which is insane. I mean, I maybe think, they're just saying that for publicity. Because I the think they're trying to coming. say, yeah, I think I, I, I think that's one of those revisit this conversation after the movie comes out kind of things. But I think they don't yeah. want to say like we spent these millions and millions of dollars on the movie, and then they're going to tell people don't go see this because it doesn't matter. I think it is one of those things where they're kind of just sitting on. Uh, we have to still promote this because we need it to make some money. And then once it flops, then we're willing to go, all right, well, he's out as Flash. But don't say it before. Yeah. That's another one. Very uncomfortable. <laughs> I did I did finally watch um, Black Adam. Uh, when did I watch that? Tuesday night? I watched it Tuesday night. Um, I liked it. I don't know. I know that people were, were kind of down on it. I know it has like a huge... The, I'm not sure what there very much was to dislike like obviously i'm not gonna put it up as like a top tier superhero movie but Uh, i i know i know but i i guess by the end of it i was like that was fine it it was a fun movie what there is to dislike is that kid character was extremely annoying for most of the movie i couldn't Mm -hmm. stand it it was extremely obnoxious i thought some of the humor in it wasn't good um I, but I don't think it was a bad movie. I, I wouldn't say that. But there were definitely things it. to dislike. <laughs> Maybe because I watched it with my son. He thought like the the whole catchphrase thing was hilarious. And uh, he was so into that bit. And at the end of it, Billy lost it at the post credit scene. He's like, let's go. And I'm like, oh, I don't have the heart to tell him well, this isn't going anywhere. <laughs> sorry, Billy. Uh it, it, it's him. Uh, it, it, that's definitely him waiting for the handshake for Athena and going, oh, no Henry Cavill. Oh, well. oh shit. Okay, so <laughs> we haven't even talked about that. Yeah, so, of course, um, on AEW Dark Elevation this week, Athena had a match. She reached out to Billy. I talked about this on the show, uh, but now the footage is out there because mm-hmm. you can see the angle of it. I guess this is my son. This is his. 
this is his story. This is going to be female wrestlers turn heel and then um, make him sad. Uh, I mean, I like the work Athena's doing, so shout yeah. out Athena. Yeah, Athena's doing great. Uh, can't wait to see her defend that title. Uh, Aaron said, I know it's doom and gloom when it comes to Vinnie Mac, but I'm a bit optimistic and I feel the universe will handle this and things aren't going to work in Vinnie Mac's favor, but that's just me. Um, Busby, I, I would love to be as optimistic <laughs> as you. But uh, from uh, my point of view, a lot of uh, bad people in real life don't get their comeuppance. It just doesn't happen. They don't. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we still got a certain guy that ran for president and one, and he's still walking around like nothing happened. Uh, that, that, people stormed the Capitol building on his behalf, and this guy is just still walking around like nothing happened. Pretty regular. Crazy. King of the North says, Okada and Omega tagging the next night. Wow, man. Uh, what a moment, man. I Again, I think one of the, the best New Year dash in at least five years. Shanika, and this is a take I always appreciate. She says, as a relative newbie who knows Kenny mostly from the AEW era, this match hit real different. In so many ways, my first live Wrestle Kingdom did not disappoint. Again, uh, guys, don't gatekeep on Wrestle Kingdom in the sense that there was a lot of new fans who watched and appreciate that. I've seen a lot of people being like, oh, these aren't real New Japan fans. They're just tuning in for that. Yes, that's what you want. You want people to come away. You want, pe- you want people to come away the way Shanika did. I was coming down on the people who were watching it for the first time and going, well, what is this shit? Why, why don't they do this or why don't they do that? Or um, this isn't as good as WWE. This is The production isn't as good, all of that. Now, which I don't even understand people that don't think the production is as good. I think that it's different, but I think the way they film wrestling is incredible in New Japan. Yeah, um, totally. it's, it's unique to their style of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I, I definitely think there are a lot of AEW fans that only know Kenny from AEW that missed out on a lot of what made Kenny Kenny. And it, again, if this is your first taste of it and you're just seeing that Russell Kingdom match, I believe there will be more this year because I feel like Kenny um, has been hungry to come back and show people and all that time he's hurt. So. Albert says the comment with Ricochet would work if he was not jobbing most of his time in WWE. Does talent not sign with WWE now that Vince is back? I mean, I don't think that's they, necessarily I, I, people were signing with WWE anyway. I mean, Dra- um, Dragon Lee just well, that was before the Vince thing, but Dragon Lee just came back, and that seemed to tell me at least that that edict that we got from whatever a year ago that they were done signing indie wrestlers. That's over. And especially with Regal coming back, Regal's going to start scouting again for him probably. Nah, I think people will definitely be still signing. Yeah. And I got uh, firsthand word that Gabe Sapolsky is out on the prowl. He was at a West Coast Pro Show scouting talent. and he so, was going to Oh, who? I thought you had different news. Shelsky. When you said Gabe Sapolsky is <laughs> no, no. out, I'm like, no. whoa, are we no, breaking no. news here? I didn't. Whoa. No. Uh, he's yeah, out so no, as I, in he's getting talent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I don't think it'll stop people from signing. We just got that report about them being interested in a New Japan guy. So, no, I think they'll be still signing people. Yep. Um, King of the North says, Phil, we still have Omega versus Vikingo in the future. We still have True. a lot of Omega matches. We have Omega matches in New Japan. That we, I mean, in, in AEW that we haven't got yet. And I'm just going to say this. Um, if, if they do win next week, which I'm pretty sure that the leader going to win next week, next next week uh 
him putting on an instant classic in Japan and then coming back and successfully coming back from a 3-1 deficit is probably one of the greatest things we've ever seen in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Honestly. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Well, we got this Humper Chat, speaking of which, asking the long, the question along those same lines. Um, let me see. Let me make sure I actually have it queued up. I don't think I do. Uh, this one's from Pablo, though. And Pablo asks the that very question. It says, for Grapsity, good morning, guys. Will, what's your percentage on the Elite mm-hmm. becoming two-time, two-time Trios champs next week? Also, can't wait for Danielson versus Takeshita. Next feud for Reg's big homie. Um, I think Reg's big homie is going after Darby. Yeah. I think, uh, I, I would bet you that's the revolution match in, um, in his hometown. I bet that too. So, um, yeah, uh, I think the elite are going to win next week just because, like I said, I feel like Bell Collector is back and he's not going to let this slip, fr- slip between his fingers. Um, yeah. It, so I think, you know, it's inter- you know, it's interesting if he held the belt till revolution, by the way, um, Darby, that's still a decently long reign. Um, like if he if they do what they're doing now with Darby, which is um, give him a shit ton of title defenses, make him a open challenge defending champion, the way he you know just defended the belt against Mike Bennett last night, do that kind of stuff. Just keep giving him title defenses after title defense. I think he'll have what will feel like a substantial reign, and then I think he should hit a roadblock in uh, powerhouse Hobbs that takes the belt from him. Um, yeah. That's what I would do personally. I think that uh, you know what's weird is I was certain the elite were winning the belts back until because um, things didn't really get to work out the way they were supposed to. But House of Black because it felt like House of Black was headed toward the elite the way they were targeting Brandon mm-hmm. Cutler and you know saying that they're coming for Trio's belts. But uh, the way that you know last week Eddie Kingston and um, and Ortiz didn't get Ortiz. to be there, so that feud is now delayed. I have worry that they're not going with House of Black versus Elite immediately. So who does Elite move on to in terms of other trios? Unless Cole's back on Wednesday. I don't know. Um, I I still think the Elite are winning the belt back yeah i mean that's that's the story i would like to see cole back though i think that that yeah. is a story you can go with almost immediately uh, a, a part a part of me and uh me and sp3 talked about this uh after new year dash and how like if jay leaves japan there's immediately a vacuum open for the next leader to step in a bullet club and i do think that that would be an awesome full circle moment of of jay always having a plan and even if he gets kicked out, his guy comes in and takes over as leader. And the guy that helps kick him out is Adam Cole. Baby. Baby. But uh, I don't see that happening. I, I think Jay is smart enough to not get kicked out of his own group. Not just yet. <laughs> Atlas Earth says, that Osprey Omega match was so good it felt otherworldly. Watching live was even more magical, on par with the Okada Omega series. Uh, I love that these guys also have the opportunity to do more in rematches. Hope to see those rematches stateside. I mean, I, I so I disagree with Phil. I do think that Forbidden Door, you sell Will Ospreay versus Kenny Omega to um, 
because I, I think it's an easy sell. I think that you have the recency of all these people hearing that, oh my God, most amazing match, Osprey versus Kenny Omega in the, the Tokyo Dome. And then if you can sell tickets on the idea that now you can see it here, that's huge. And I think they absolutely should do something with that. If, if, is there a world title match on that card? Because if there's a world title match on that card... And Okada's still champion. Do you still go with that match? I don't know. I feel like yes, uh, because I, I th- don't. no. And the reason I think you should is because I think I could see Kenny winning. I don't know if no. I think they go like Brian Okada at Forbidden Door, and then do Kenny Okada at the Dome. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. But I because I think if you are trying to do a world title match and it's a one on one match. I don't know if you get better, bigger than Omega Okada. I know that Brian is a big match, but I'm... I just I just feel like Kenny and Okada in that sense is a more New Japan match just on its own. It doesn't feel necessarily like an AEW versus New Japan match, whereas um, Kenny and Osprey did feel like an AEW versus New Japan match in a way because of the story that Kenny's been gone all this time. So I don't know. That, that's my feeling on it. Uh, a couple more. Kristen Mora says, A super chat for Grapsity. It has become my favorite wrestling show. I love seeing a different perspective on wrestling. Thanks for being, or thanks for bringing this to the wrestling sphere. Thank, Thank you. you for appreciate uh, you. checking us out. We uh, always appreciate that. And last one, Brent Lockman says, So Preston is collecting masks. How, before, how long before he gets negative ones? Um, oh, yeah, he pissed that crowd off. Uh, that was with, that was great. I think Preston is fantastic at the heel. Um, I, th- he, I thought the promo he cut, the uh, whatever last week was great, and I thought this entire squash match and just how disrespectful he was stepping on the man on the way out. I thought it was great. Yeah, uh, Ronan Mikeson's last one. Last one. Then I gotta cut off. Uh, he says, "Happy Grap Saturday." I think that the unintended time off Kenny had from the brawl out was the best thing for him, given the number of injuries he had and the bar he has set for his New Japan matches. I don't see how he pulls off that match. Um, I mean, I don't think that was the best thing, honestly. Honestly, I think if Kenny hadn't had a couple of months off there, he might have been in the Wrestler of the Year conversation. Uh, had he been able to work consistently from August till the end of December um, and thinking at the level he was already working at. That man came back and was working at a super high level. Remember people thought he wasn't just selling when he came back and they were like, oh, is so he still funny. too injured? And <laughs> But uh, it turns out the story was that with each match, he lost one more piece of gear because he came out with all the protective gear on and people were like, oh, is this how we have to see Kenny now? But in each match, a different piece got ripped off until finally in the match with um, with Aussie Open and Will Ospreay and with the United Empire when they pulled off the, the tape off of his ribs and it was like, damn, we suddenly now have Kenny again. Had he gotten to just consistently do Kenny Omega from August till the end of December, I think he would have already been in the conversation for Wrestler of the Year. And the fact that he had as many great matches as he had and he only worked a couple matches in August, one match in September, and then came back in November and worked the rest of the year and is still in that conversation. This is the best bout machine, man. Like, there's no fucking way. I, mean, I still think Osprey had a better 2022 than him. I think he still would have. Oh, I didn't say he would have won it. I just said he would have been in the conversation. 
I think um, in the way that like Dax Harwood's in the conversation, the way that um, that Seth Rollins is in that conversation. But I think Kenny would have been in that conversation just with those four months had he not had to lose a couple from Brawl Out. I, I, I will say that I think that the thing that he's getting out that ended up working out for Kenny is that he came back in better shape. He looked better. He looked um, like he was in better spirits when he came back. We got that incredible entrance at Full Gear. Um, we got the, the vignette the same night at, at the Stardom New Japan show. So mm-hmm. I feel like it felt more special because he took some time away. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but he was in phenomenal shape. That guy was in, he was ripped at all out, though. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I noticed. I was like, God damn, this guy has been working at his shit this whole time that he was off. And he kept quiet. But anyway, we got to go. We've been three hours and 20 minutes into this show. We started super late. I got a play date I got to get to. Let me make sure I text uh Billy's friend's mom that we're good to go and I have to get back to my Saturday of parenting and Sunday and my kids go back to school uh, but anyway peace everybody this has been Grab City don't forget that this Thursday 8pm Eastern 5pm Pacific youtube.com slash Fightful it is the first annual Fightful Awards be there. This is going to be amazing. It's me. It's Denise Salcedo. It's Sean Rossap. We're going to be awarding all of the uh, excellence in pro wrestling in 2022. I'm sorry that I kind of downplayed all of that by saying that I already thought a match was better than all of that shit. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're still going to award all of the excellence. Um, we've got some acceptance speeches coming. And it's going to be great stuff. So be there. We will be here. YouTube.com slash Fightful, APM Easter, 5 p.m. Pacific, this Thursday. Otherwise, for Philip Lindsay, for Righteous Reg, I'm Will Washington. See you next time. Have a great day. Peace. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.